This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder James Boyd came to give him life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Welcome to the June 16th edition of One Nation Radio here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. My name is Rich Latta. Of course, I'm here with my co-host, James Boyd. James, what's going on, man? Not too much. Um, I'm kind of concerned on the, like, shocking, shockingly, or I don't know how to speak right now either. But, yeah, like I'm really shocked at the very little amount of WWE that's on this uh, run sheet for what I saw. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, wow. That's, Wait, that's you, what I was, we are. I that's what you, we are now. I was not playing. Like I have not watched a uh, <laughs> peep of WWE main roster in two weeks. I wanted to watch the two Oh five live match. I just didn't get around to it. Uh, I don't believe I watched NXT last week. James, did you watch NXT last week? No. No. <laughs> so- no. Yes, James Boyd. Yes, no. Yes, the person that does the NXT show did not watch NXT at all last week. Like, it, that, I don't know what's going on, but it's, it's more like, like uh, you know what? Like, this main roster thing. And, and, and I never really thought about it until you brought up me off air, I want to say, a few weeks ago. Um, it was probably before TakeOver. And you were like, I don't know, man. Like, I think it was probably because, like, that's right when they started, like, 50-50-ing uh, Ricochet. Uh-huh. Um, and then, they're like, Aleister Black is, like, nowhere to be fucking found. And Kabuki Warriors we ain't seen in a month. Yep. But I think I think what had happening was you, you had said, like, yeah, man, I don't know, man. Like, NXT just, like, it's still great and all, but you just know that, like, this is really the, this is the pinnacle of their careers, being in developmental, like, creatively. And you and you mentioned like yeah man once they go up there like it don't give a, it doesn't matter who you are how can't miss you are how much of a sleeper or how much potential you may have it doesn't matter you're gonna get screwed up on the main roster and and like I I kind of it was almost like when you when you start mentioning me like the first time um about every single time you click on a video on YouTube there's an advertisement and, I, and, I, and now I can't you know it's always there in my head well now that you mentioned this I was like. After like because after Johnny lost, I was like, okay, so like he's gonna move up to the main roster, and then what? And then I'm like, all right, okay, like I, I'm not even gonna watch it, but I'm gonna hear about it, and it's gonna be something embarrassing. And he's not even up; he's probably still in NXT. But I just was like, you know, this week I was like, 
I, I just don't have it right now to go watch NXT this week. I just didn't. Damn. I need to go back and watch it. Like, I mean, because, but it's just like, even that, it's like the main roster has somehow like affected my, me wanting to watch NXT, which is crazy because NXT is always great. Yeah. Or usually always great. The main roster has injected it with a lethal dose of poison. So, uh, yeah, I'm just, I, myself, <laughs> yeah, you know, so. I, I've been, you know, watching a lot of other stuff. I've been very consumed by the, by the sports uh, of late. I uh, just got over watching the uh, Light Skin Civil War uh, between Drake and Steph. And uh, <laughs> all, we was, oh all we was missing was Chris Brown, you know. You no know, rap ball and singing, you know oh us. Oh but um, you know, God. and of course, you know, the in, light skin. Um, yep, you know, Clay was out the there. Four yours, go ahead. You know, Clay was out there, and then all of a sudden, there's a, there's a new dude named Fred Van Vliet on the scene that was cooking uh, Steph Curry in Game Six. Uh, I, somehow, I don't understand, but um, yeah, the Toronto Raptors won the title, and we were watching that, and. Everything like that, and then, uh, yeah, and then Anthony Davis is now a Los Angeles Laker. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's been a busy weekend. Um, but yeah, man, we got a lot to uh, get to today, James. I I just wanted to ask you like a personal question, and oh, what's that? It's should we be handling this on air? It it what's up? Should we be handling this on air? Yes, yes, because because this this just tells me like, okay. and, and this, this is a question for the audience as well. And it's like, I th- I think there are two types of people in this world right now. Yes or no? Do you follow OJ Simpson on Twitter? Oh my fucking god! Oh my god! <laughs> no, I do not follow OJ Simpson on Twitter. No. <laughs> Oh my god! I I I thought wow, I thought this is serious shit you even bring up. It is. This man wants to talk about OJ Simpson on Twitter in 2019. (sighs) Well, I do follow OJ Simpson on Twitter. (laughs) I will not miss. I will. I will not miss a thing that that gets put out. Uh, I might turn the notifications on. James is blown right now. I've dis- I I've disappointed James. This is unbelievable. He's speechless, everybody. So what'd you make of the OJ videos that dropped uh over this weekend? You know, he said he's uh getting even, um, you know. So much in the spirit of wrestling in WWE, like OJ's trying to get some fifty fifty booking popped off apparently, so yeah, I, I I don't know what's going on. What, what, what do he mean by getting even, James? I don't know, man. I guess he feels like there's been a lot of mud thrown on his name over the last I don't know, uh, twenty some odd year, twenty five years. Um, so I don't know. I guess yeah, I guess he decided he's gonna try it out and try to you know right these injustices. Um, he's gonna or let me phrase it. He's gonna take time off from finding the killer, uh, or along the way towards finding the killer to, uh, um, oh yeah, to, you know, right some of these injustices uh, that have been uh, labeled against him 
he's been labeled as so, so so many terrible things that apparently he I guess he must stick up for himself and I wish him the best of luck against Twitter. I think the only uh, thing he got to do is try to find ways to make friends with the FDS. They'll defend anybody. So, um, yeah, man. But, you know, OJ out here. I, uh, no, what I'll say is this. Um, clearly, he's doing this for clout. Oh yes, um, well, uh, bro. It, it, it's, it, it's not falling like on deaf ears that this is around the twenty-five year anniversary of this shit. Oh god, yeah. Um, I, do you see the vision? I, I don't know, man. Like, both. Do I see the vision? Yes. Like there, there's going to be like I like I know that they had the docu series um a couple of years ago, they had the ESPN thing. Yeah. Oh, I think OJ is going to yep. do some himself. Which is now. probably the best sports. No, well, I wish him the best of luck with that, but um, and I mean that sarcastically or facetiously, but I maybe he's putting on know, a documentary man, like, about the real killers. Yeah, sure. Um. I mean, look, he got to do whatever he what he got to do to survive now that he's out. But um, I, I I don't know, man. I don't know this sound this this whole thing this whole operation seems bogus. So <laughs> I mean, yeah. and, and shout out I don't to all know, the- man. Like I, I don't know, I don't know. Like. And shout Can out, move on? I'm, yeah. I, I, I'm wrong with yeah, and, and shout out to all the all the dummies that got fooled by the fake OJ accounts too. So, um, because they are out there. Also, me. Also, me. You didn't get fooled by the fake OJ account, did you? I got fooled by the fake. I, okay, so I saw the real video. Yep. From the real OJ thing, right? And then I, uh, I was like. Let me look at his. Let me look at his page because, like, what else could he possibly have on this on this thing? If he wants to do a video announced to the world that, like, I'm taking my Twitter account public, then like he's liable to have done some other ridiculous thing. So I went to his page. I went to. I ended up clicking on the wrong uh, on the wrong account, and like, I saw one where like he's or like the fake. OJ is like adding or talking to uh, Conrad and uh, and Rick Flair. And I'm like, wait a second. OJ still has a relationship with Rick Flair. What the fuck is going on? So so then like all of a sudden I like I, I was like, wait a second. This can't be right. There's got to be something wrong with this. So then I actually like um, the video. I went back to the source where I saw the video because I got it in the DM. I think you may have sent this to me. You freaking uh, I don't even know what to call you, but. <laughs> So then I clicked on it. It was like, oh, okay. Like, there's a hyphen difference. So I was like, okay, or there's an underscore difference. So like, all right, that's not it. So like, I was out here spreading fake news. A few people, I was like, yo, this is ridiculous. This man's out here. Like, what, look, look, I'm not saying that Ric Flair should not uh, have a, have a relationship with OJ Simpson. I would I would just suggest that like, if they do have one, then like for for the sake of Ric Flair, like maybe like keep that on the tuck. Like. <laughs> You can't be out here. You can't be out here rapping on the streets of 2019 with OJ Simpson. Like ain't nothing. Ain't nothing but bad news coming out of that one. I, I feel like OJ and, and and Rick may have crossed paths in the 80s. If you feel, if you feel what I mean, you know. I'm sure uh, they did. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm absolutely sure. I'm absolutely sure they did because you know, like those are both two guys that are absolute gimmicks. They absolutely love being around famous people to show how famous they are and how special they are. Right. But 
after June 17, 1994, I think like I think we're kind of past that. Like after the Bronco chase, we're kind of past that. So, uh, happy 25 years tomorrow. Uh, maybe when most of you guys hear this, but um, yeah. So, uh, James and I have retired from watching Raw and SmackDown. Uh, so, <laughs> how, how have you spent your life? Oh, God. Okay. And, and what you I hear, have not officially what, retired. And what you I, hearing on the street? Uh, my, uh, I'm getting this where I'm getting at. Okay. I haven't retired officially like you have. I just have said, taken a step back and said, look, I need a break. And I'll come back when I come back. If I come back, if I do, if I do. If I don't, I don't. But I'm not. I'm not putting any labels on or whatever else. It's just like, I'm. And, I, and my whole thing is like, I'm still going to watch pay per views. But as far as the week to week TV with the wild card and with Shane and um, with just you know so much overexposure of the top talent and like with them you know pushing Corbin right now in the main uh, in, in the top title on Raw. I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of good on that, and oh, and like, you know, Roman doing jobs for Shane fucking McMahon, like, no, I'm good, no, thank you, I'm, I'm good right now. <laughs> yeah, um, I've, I found plenty to do with um, my Monday and Tuesday nights, um, making a lot of beats, doing some um, guest uh, podcast spots, like over on Keeping It Strong style. It's just been this, this weight that's been lifted uh, off of watching this stuff and writing down this. This nonsensical <laughs> foolishness uh, that Vince McMahon is, is pulling from out of his draws. And I just have enjoyed the wrestling I have watched that much more. <laughs> you know, um, New Japan. Yeah, so for me, yeah. Yeah, so last week I watched, uh, watched Dominion. Um, yeah, we did a review show last week about Dominion. Almost it's entirely about that. And then... You know, we kind of had a, you know, boom, boom, boom of like, you know, from AEW to, uh, I'm sorry, from uh, Double or Nothing to TakeOver to, um, oh, to the Dominion. And then like, you know, today we had the Corrigan Hall show from Stardom and they put up the uh, the main event from that, which is a, a damn monster of a match. So like there's, I mean, almost every week there's something new to talk about and it doesn't necessarily have to be about WWE, but like, you know, when WWE does, you know, does pay-per-view, whatever else, we'll review that just like we always do. Um, it's not like we're out of touch with the product. Like we listen to a million review shows like everybody else does. So yeah. like, just like, it's funny because people used to talk about it's like, you know, nobody was like, oh, people were sad to see us go, but it was more or less like, damn, I have one less place that, like, that listens to the show and talks about the show. So now like, there's less of a resource because I don't actually watch the show. Yeah. <laughs> to myself. Yep. Like people like people want I felt to like people keep were feeling track bad for of us. Raw and SmackDown, but right. Yeah, people want to keep track of Raw and SmackDown, but they don't actually want to watch Smack Raw or SmackDown, which is like, all right, well, so now, now we're in that group almost, seemingly. Yeah. I, I felt like it, pe- it's people- funny because like <clears throat> I feel like people were sending us sympathy, like, yeah, man, it sounded like it broke y'all, and you damn right, like, <laughs> like, I ain't trying to watch that shit, um, but, yeah, man, um, yeah, I, I just want to go over that real quick, but today, we got the announcement of all the participants and blocks, uh, in the blocks of the G1, the A block and the B block, of course, and... It was just, um, you know, it's a very interesting lineup, so I I guess we can go through it here. Uh, Starting in the A block, we have Sonata, 
We got Bad Luck Fale. We got Kazushka Okado. We got Zack Sabre Jr., Lance Archer, Will Ospreay, Kenta, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Kota Ibushi, and Evil. Over in the B block, we've got Tetsuya Naito. We've got Tomohiro Ishii. We've got Jay White, Jeff Cobb, Juice Robinson, Toriano, Haruki Goto, Taichi, Shingo Takagi, and John Moxley. This lineup jumps off the page. It seems like the blocks feel a lot more even this year than they have like like last year, especially. Like we knew B Block was on some twenty seven Yankee shit, and I think you know I know you've looked at you know the A Block like this is just like crazy, but like the B Block has just like I think there's gems all over that thing. So what did you make? What did you make of this? Yes. Uh, yeah. Um. I think that A block is clearly more talented, but the thing is, like, you know, they could always decide not to do foolishness with Tai Chi, and then, like, he actually wrestles legitimately throughout the whole thing, and then, like, it's kind of even after that. But, like, you know, Turriano is Turriano is Turriano Turriano. So, like, you got that, you got that nonsense in there. Uh, Juice, you know, he's hit or miss at times. Like, Moxley. I mean, he's been great uh, since he's, like, left WWE. Um, but, like, I'm sure he's going to have a few, you know, a couple matches in there to just, like, it, it is not really working or whatever else. But, you know, Ishii's in the thing. Uh, Shingo's in there in the B block. And I think, you know, those two are the anchors for – should be the anchors for this uh, – for that block. I mean, also Naito, depending on, you know, how well, you know, his neck is. So, um <laughs> You know, they. I mean, three solid dudes to hold that, to hold that whole uh, block up, and so it's not like it's gonna be. It's it's gonna be way. I feel like it's gonna be way better than A Block was last year, or not way better, but better than A Block was last year. But right. like, I still think that there's still an imbalance of one block's gonna be, be gonna be clearly better than the other. If there was a trade you could make um, from A Block to B Block, what would it be? Do you have the list? Um, I can go ahead and send. It I'm right pulling it up right now. Like. Uh, but you, I already know where it is. You sent it to me before. Um, yeah, for me, it was like I was kind of surprised to see. Honestly, I was surprised to see uh, Abushi in. I'll probably swap Abushi and Naito, um, because for for me, it's like all right, we've we've seen Abushi and Naito to death, to death, and I'll, and literally to death because they, they almost they tried to kill each other. Um, and then, and for me. For you know, for months now, this for, in my I, in my head I always had it. You know, this was nobody's. You know, this is nobody's fault but my own. But in my but in my own head, like I thought that like it was a shoe in that the main event for Russell Kingdom fourteen was going to be Abushi versus Okada, um, and they're in the same block. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like uh. they have to wrestle each other. So, uh, so for me, that was kind of surprising. I know one man that is not so, in that block. Like, if you want to swap them, I... I was gonna say one man that is not in that block. Tomohiro Ishii, the 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 Tokyo Dome main event is still alive for my dog. So uh, I'm hoping he goes through and, and cleans these fuck niggas in the B block up. Jay White catch a clothesline. Hiroki Goto catch a brain buster. John Moxley come get the real. So. Uh, it, that would that should be really oh, interesting, and but the A block you just look over is just all over. Like Will Osprey is about to, like he's in the best block in the G one. 
it looks like he's going to be the wrestler of the year this year, and all these matches should help him. We get to see him against Tanahashi, which in my mind would be a Wrestle Kingdom match, but they're going to do it now. I don't know who he ends up against, but Evil and Sonata having a match is really interesting, I think. Um, you know, I think they're going to headline the A block on night one in Dallas with Okada and Tanahashi. Um, if if you were booking the, the yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Um, because that's not a drawing match good. anymore. It's not really a drawing match in, anymore in Japan the way it was. And in America, right? I think people still want to see that. And then I guess Okada and Ibushi is your block final, I would, I would imagine. Yeah, I agree on both ends. Um, yeah, I I mean, I'm just looking over it and I never really considered it. I just saw, oh, Osprey's there. And I'm like, okay. Um, but, you know, we were considering like, him versus Sanaa is going to be incredible. Him versus Kenta, if Kenta has anything left, is going to be incredible. Him versus Tanahashi, going to be incredible. Him versus Ibushi has been incredible f- before, and we still think that they were that they could achieve even more. Um, him versus Saber could be like the great Styles clash of you know trying to keep him grounded, but you know he's not just an aerial assassin anymore, and also like he could beat the living hell out of Saber anytime he wanted to if he wanted to shoot. But I'm, I'm not serious. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> And then you also have, you know, of course, the Okada thing and and an evil and, you know, evil can be great whenever he wants to be. So, like, that's definitely like, why do I feel like evil is like tag team Goto? I don't know. Am I just wrong on that? I mean, did you watch his match with Ishii at um, uh, what what event was that? That was uh, Dontaku. I think that's the best evil match. Wasn't it on the way to New Japan? That was Dontaku? Uh, it was after the New Japan Cup. Okay. No. Okay. Okay. And, but the thing for me is, I think I may have seen it, but the thing for me is that I see uh, he clearly can be great and in, in, in like and produce at that high level at times, but like, will he ever be able to get his gimmick or whatever aesthetic he's trying to get over like to the masses in a way that there's a groundswell of support uh, locally for him besides just an appreciation of how talented he is. And like Goto is exactly like, yeah, like he's one of the most talented wrestlers in the world, but like, he's not really inspiring in that sort of way. You know what I mean? Right. And I don't know. I'm looking at, uh, like that's all, that's all I really mean as far as that I would like to see Kenna put his whole foot through Zack Sabre Jr.'s chest. Um, (laughs) I'm intrigued by a Kenta-Tanahashi match. I think Archer and Tanahashi might be really good because Tanahashi can figure out how to uh, make big guys look like they are killers. And, you know, Tanahashi is all broke up right now, so he already has all the sympathy. Uh, Ibushi... I, Abushi and Osprey are going to be on a race for for the best block, and I think like it, this is going to be kind of like how last year it was Abushi, Ishii, and then Kenny on the top of the block, like quality wise. Right, it's going to be hell in the A block, like with those two on top, and then depends on you know if Okada wants to be like I'm about to make a statement here. Uh, I you know I don't want people to forget about me here. Um, and then in the B block, I think, um, you know, <clears throat> the John Moxley, Jay White match can be very interesting. 
John Moxley is a baby face, it seems like, in New Japan, and crowds are loving him and going nuts for him all over the world. And to go in there with that smug prick is like, you want to see John Moxley, the toughest guy in the world, kick this little sucker's ass. Like, it's just like, this feels like a movie. Like, <laughs> like, like, like this dude's been doing all this bullshit, and then he's finally going to have to fight somebody that, that's, that's rugged, crazy, and wild. Um, trying to think what else. Goto and Ishii, they had a great match last year. That was five stars. They had, yeah. What about that Yano Taishi match? Oh my god! Uh, I mean, that could be. I mean, would would that be the odds on favor to be like worst match of the like of the like if you had to put on betting betting odds like worst match of the entire G one? Wouldn't that be the one you bet on? Maybe you look at Archer Fale. Maybe. Um. Yeah, yeah, Archer Fale could be like the worst work match, but as far as like, oh yeah, these two are like one out there with no with no. I mean, like they might be able to out to, to outdo that just based off of like, oh they'll do comedy stuff. Uh-huh. So yeah, like so they they would be top two. Yeah. Uh, I, um, I, I think for me, like I really want to see Jeff Cobb, Jeff Cobb, like in this in this space, like mixing up with all these people. Like, I think. Given the year he's had, like he can go out there and 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 showcase himself and do so well against all these people. Like you know, him and Ishii gonna be a banger. You know, him and Naito is gonna be great. Like him and Jay White could be great. Him and Moss could be great. Him and him and Shingo's gonna be great. Him and Goto is. I, I don't. I'd be shocked if that wasn't great. So th- there's so much stuff he can provide. Like if he's on and if he can keep himself relatively healthy, and that's kind of the thing when it comes to the G1. Like, can these people stay gen- generally healthy while they're out there trying to, you know, outdo, want top each other every single night? Yeah, and I, I think you know the 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 uh, Yano match will come in handy around night seven when <laughs> it's a slog and uh, <laughs> people are just trying to get through watching these cards, and then that five minute tour Yano match will just be a great help. Like I, that, that's why I don't mind him hey, in the G one. Hey man, why are we why are we treating Yano like? Why are we treating Yano like you just mentioned? Like, yeah, hopefully you get that in like you know the seventh date. Like, you treat that as almost like if you get that late bye week in NFL in NFL season. Yeah. Like, hopefully, like your team is a is a contender, and you get the bye week in like week week eight or some shit. Like, you get out there in October. Like that. That's a great. That's a that's a perfect time to get the bye week. Like, nah, man. Like, or I'm sorry, late September. It's just, it's just um, you know, it it it. Er, my whole thing is, if you feel needed where you need to put people in the G1 so they can have easy matches, then, like, either spread the thing out or do less matches. Matches. Like, I think I think that would do I think that would do wonders for the health of the of the wrestlers. Like, it doesn't have to be a complete grind to kill somebody. Like, especially, I mean, I don't know if it's a situation where, like, because of just tradition or if it's just because of, like, that's the only time of the year they didn't get the dates for uh, for the venues or what, but like, nah, it's a money grab. The even though this is the best, even though it's the best time of the year, every single year, as a wrestling fan, uh, that that you know it takes a worldwide approach to pro wrestling. It could be even it could somehow still even be better if you you know if they took more time between these matches or between these shows or whatever else like. 
you don't have to go like not you don't have to make it night a night after night type of thing or not, or almost every other night. <clears throat> like you don't have to fit this all in one month. You can stretch this out to six weeks or even two months. Yeah. Um yeah, so pretty much that's gonna wrap it up for the G one. Like I'm sure we'll have like official predictions and all that whenever the dates drop. For the main event, I'm sure keeping it strong style will be running a G1 pick'em contest. I'm thinking about doing a legitimate bracket uh, rather than a gimmick bracket, but we will see how that goes. Um, I may drop a video preview, like a bracketology type thing, going through every single match of the G1 who I believe is going to win. Um, yeah, man. And after that, there was a story. John Cena uh, was asked about the Undertaker and Goldberg match. Essentially, he basically said it's not really his place to you know talk about you know other people's careers but he said at 42 uh he's considering retirement himself now cena has not been around um you know as a regular for a really long time at this point and i don't know man is there still money on the table for him Somewhere like it, it like would it, or would it shock you if he, if he was done because you know he just got added to Fast and the Furious like if you're AEW right say John Cena's contract expires don't you have to make a call to him? I just mean make, yeah just sure, to make him say but no to do what exactly? Yeah, well, I mean sure he could they could make a call but I, I guess I guess my point is. What could, what would their fan base really legitimately want out of John Cena at this stage? Like, I mean, I guess they could do a, a Cena Omega match. I mean, sure, that would do numbers, but like, what else is there that people would actually really clamor for? Like, do you want to see him versus? Do you want to see him versus Adam Page? Like, do you want to see him versus Jericho? Because I'm sure you can go to network and watch it like a dozen times. <laughs> I, I think Kenny and Cena um, is the match, and then so, then maybe like he does a team up with the Young Bucks or something like that. The team up with the Young, <laughs> bro. I will, even, bro. I will literally, only, I will literally dude. team anybody up in a six man unit with the Young Bucks. I will team up Goldberg and the Bucks. Like I'll team up anybody with the Young Bucks. No, my point is, no, I'm laughing at that because, like, do you know how preposterous that would have sounded like 24 months ago? <laughs> it's a new day, yes, it is. That, that sounds complete. Like, like, even like, if you go, if we go back to like, you know, literally uh, WrestleMania after WrestleMania 33, like he proposes to uh, to Nikki. All right, that, that's more than 24 months ago. My point still stands. All right, we go to that point after after he tries to go for his Macho Man moment and he halfway six and landing. And you say, yeah, man, so, like, what's next? You know, and, be like, and, and he goes, like, let's say he goes to Fortune Teller. He says, yeah, man, what's next? And then Fortune Teller tells him, you know, in, um, in about two, three years or so, like, you will be not in WWE and you will be wrestling matches and main events on pay-per-view <laughs> against uh, tagging with the Young Bucks. And you know that man would say he pulled like the TI on, on the stomp on on uh, Young Buck stomp. He was like, "Man, that's ludicrous." ludicrous. <laughs> like, uh, uh, like, like, wait a second, what? I, what do you? First off, I don't even know who the Young Bucks are. Like, are they any good? For all we know, John Cena he may or may not be watching uh, the Young Bucks. Who knows? But 
but besides that point, it's like, wait a second, like the dudes in, in Ring of Honor and like also like do tours in, in New Japan. I'm t- I'm tagging with them. I'm oh, okay. I don't believe it, but you know, it's, it's one of those things where like, if that were that, if he actually could see the future, right? Like it, it, it that might change the course of everything. It'd be like it's so preposterous that like it couldn't happen. So like he it, 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 he hears that and like nah, yeah, going that just a divergent path to avoid it. Like, but anyway, like to be for real, I mean, I don't know. Like, what's next for him as far as like as far as WWE is concerned? Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I don't really know what else. I mean, he's done done it all, right? Like. He's done everything except like a, done, a, done real, all, like, a real retirement over. match. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, maybe he has that saved in his back pocket for one for you know one final WrestleMania main event because they you know I, I mean I think I believe there really is money in a in a final goodbye right, um, which is why like. <sighs> Triple H is much like Paul Pierce, and he's out here chasing that retirement tour. He's like, you ain't no, got well, the love like, like that, that, bro. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I think Cena does have so, the love now. Like, like, but John Cena, yes, he has the appreciation of like that dude. Was, especially now. Oh yeah. Now and like what this company has turned into, like for that dude, to, like now all this stuff is John Cena buried, you know, burying the Nexus or whatever. A lot of that stuff is like for a dude that got handed so much crap to go out there and say. He handled himself about as well as anyone could have for that long, and he, you know you can talk about how how shitty his drop kicks are and the backpack stunner getting worse week after week uh, during that um, during that U.S. title run, and you know the Hurricane is a fucking joke, and how shitty of a technical wrestler he was. But you can't say that dude didn't bust his ass. You can't say that dude didn't have some of the greatest matches in WWE history. You can't say that like that dude didn't like try his damnedest to like to try to please you know people um, with, with uh, the time he was given and the opportunity he was given. So, I mean, you know, I I'm, I've never been a person that loved John Cena, but like I've been someone that's definitely appreciated him over the last you know five years and um, especially since like. Especially like the 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 other the stuff outside of wrestling, he's so good at the stuff outside of actually in the ring that like even the fact that he wasn't like a uh, uh, the mo- even the fact that he was a complete oaf as far as um, uh, coordination, like it completely for me like at this point like it made up for that stuff that he lacked. Um, so, I mean, I'm trying to think who would retire I, him. You can you got you got. I mean, I don't know, man. Um, I mean, it have to be somebody you would assume be new, but like, what's it, what are we gonna do? Wait, like, wait two more. What are we gonna do? Wait two more years so I did get to develop out of like coming up from the main roster, being there for two years, and then people like they start finally push you after two years on the main roster. Like, nah. So that's a good question. I mean, I'm assuming it would just be Roman, and that just, but that would be a terrible idea because like, yeah, we're just now getting to a point where like people don't want to boo Roman, and now you want to do that again. Even though, like, it would be funny. It's like this is a guy they used to boo, and now they don't want to boo him. And now we're, they're going to boo this guy that we got to stop booing because he was getting booed before. But like, he's he's a, cancer, a two-time cancer survivor. It, like, it's it's just a complete like weird thing. So I, I wouldn't put those two together either. I mean, they tried it before, and like, they you know they both got crapped on. Like all the stuff they done they did with with Roman in two, late two thousand seventeen and eighteen was like. Yeah, you know, we'll have him out there with Cena, and then, like, we'll 
tried to get you know one of them you know get cheered neither one got cheered oh we'll give uh we'll give Brock Lesnar some he doesn't really care about the business heat to try to get him to cheer Brock now I just shit on both of them so I was like it's 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 very it's a very highly adaptive system on booing Roman Reigns and like the one the one thing that happened to where like they trumped it was just 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 this sheer you know unluck uh, a bad luck of Roman had cancer. Um, so bro, and even that like, ain't safe, bro. But it feels that, like it's a, even that ain't safe. If I'm saying like it feels like it's a matter of time before Vince like vinces it up and then like they're right back to booing him again. And we'll be like, wow, like they're booing a cancer survivor. Like like this man is so bad with pushing stars that he got a cancer survivor booed. Yeah. Um. I, I'm thinking about the guys that could possibly retire him, and I'm only two people really come to mind like immediately, and it would be either Daniel Bryan or Randy Orton. I thought you were gonna say the Miz. <laughs> I would love no. to see the Miz retire right. that man. <laughs> um, you know, Daniel Bryan would give him a great match, and Randy Orton's got the history with him, and yep. you know he's. He's beaten yeah. John Cena at on, on big in big matches before, but it it never quite felt the, like the big win or whatever. And you know, I don't know if you do a Brock in that situation because that's just I think that's just horrible if if they have like you know uh, Lesnar retire Cena. But uh, who would you guys like to to see um, um, retire John Cena? Let me know. Watch, watch it. Watch it be Triple H. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. You know, I gotta get I gotta get more heat for myself so that eventually, like, when I put over somebody for the final time, it'll mean something. You know, like how he had to be sting at WrestleMania uh, 31 so that he can go out there and get whooped again later in the night, as opposed to like just getting whooped your ass kicked twice in one night. Like as if that's never happened before. It's it's like as if we didn't see like Bret Hart at WrestleMania uh, 13, uh, you know. Win that match, ultimately get boo turn heel. Like is the the lesser person of part of the story, and then come out later in the night and get his ass choke slammed by Sid and power bombed. Like you can be a double loser in one night. It's okay. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the game, all that. I don't. I don't believe we went over the star ratings. Um, <laughs> from um goddamn what uh you know WWE Super Showdown. Randy Orton and Triple H apparently oh went 25 minutes for two whole stars. Are you fucking kidding me? Or two and a quarter, I believe I, it was. When Triple H needs to stop this. He he has to stop. This is too much. It's gone too far. This man's been in every Saudi Arabia show. He did it at WrestleMania. Who is who is telling him that he's still the man to be doing this? Like, 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 what is it when he walks back through the stage, right, back through the curtain, and then he sees like the next like people, like, like, how are they looking at him? Be like, like the wrestlers that really know. They be like, yeah, man, um, you ain't got it, bro. Like, like, like people are telling. I'm sure it's a bunch of yes manism with with everyone else. Oh, that was such a great story. It, you know, you made everything in there count. Everything meant something. You know that bullshit they like to say when they don't do shit in matches. But um, yeah, 
um yeah i i think that a lot of that comes from i just lost my train of thought i'm sorry but i i'll get it back but yeah I, we were just talking about like what what he gets that from and i mean i mean mostly it's ego but I don't know, man. Like, I think the thing is, you know, he's down there in NXT. He, you know, he's constantly on the road. He's been doing like these production meetings for, for you know, for dec uh, almost decades at this point. No, actually, yeah. decades now at this point. Um, and and you know, I think the thing is like he has so many ideas, and you know, uh, he's a wrestling nerd and his and pseudo historian, just like you know the rest of the clique were, and you know students of the game, and that's why he calls himself the game, all of yada yada yada, y'all know. But I think the thing is like you can't turn that off, and even even if at an advanced age you feel like I can, you know, I have a mind, and it's just like when any other Asian athlete, like. I have aging. I almost love to sound like I said Asian, but uh, <laughs> any aging athlete, like you feel like your mind has stored so much stuff, and you have so many ideas, and you know, and you've done so much, you have, and you've done so much um, craft, you know, or, or so you've done so much sharpening of the knife that you feel like my mind can get you through things your body can no longer do, and like it's going to be hard for you to reach a point, a point where you're like, my body can't do this anymore. You're you always gonna feel like your your mind can overcome your body, especially, especially when you're a dude that like that walked off on a torn quad. Also, you know, especially when you're a dude that looks wrestled through a torn pack. You're a dude that looks in the mirror and looks like that. Like everything still looks the same. It's like, oh my god, you you look the same in the jersey you mm -hmm. as you have all these years, but you just ain't got it no more. Like we've seen athletes right. in all sports look like this, and I just yeah. wonder, like, if if he's gonna be doing these matches. Can he do matches with people that can benefit from it? Like, can he wrestle literally anyone he's called up from NXT? Literally anyone. Instead of going out there with The Undertaker, Randy Orton, John Cena, Batista. Like, it's it's like, bro, that's not how the business like is is built. It's it, That's not a blueprint for right. success. Wrestling dudes, you wrestled like years ago. Yeah. This is not Hulk Hogan or this is Hulk Hogan. Like, <laughs> like this is Hulk Hogan fighting the <laughs> ultimate warrior at uh, Halloween Havoc 98. This is Hulk Hogan calling back Roddy Piper. Like, yeah, let's have a match we didn't do. Let's like, and it's just diminishing. Yeah. I mean, it also doesn't help that like you could absolutely do those matches with, you know, some of the people that he's, he's been, uh, he's helped, you know, foster while, you know, in developmental or whatever else. But so many of those people are ruined are, you know, just are, yeah. Are people that like have no, are, are not stars on the main roster. It was like, yeah, like you could absolutely do Kevin Owens versus, uh, I mean, they should have done Kevin Owens triple H at one point. Yes. But, the blooms off the rose with him, like because they because they kind of killed off, uh, or because they killed off Kevin Owens since 2017, since after since after the Jericho thing. So it was like, all right, can't do that. Even though like you did a storyline revolving around him winning him a title, and then you never did anything ever again with it. Um, you know, there's, I mean, they did they did the wrong thing. They did the Seth thing. I, I mean, uh, they did. They they did they did not do it on a big stage, but they did the, the Ambrose thing. Um, 
I mean, Sami Zayn, Neville, uh, Balor, uh, you know, Samoa Joe. You remember when Samoa Joe was, was a heavy? He was a contract hire from Triple H. Remember right. that? Going into uh, WrestleMania 33. Never went nowhere. Never did anything with that. They just they just used him for a storyline and moved on, right? Uh, the Braun Strowman thing at Summers at uh, Survivor Series, uh, was that 2017? Yes. Yeah, like... Never did anything with that. Never did anything when, when he also in that match when he did the thing with Shane. Like he did something with the with the angle thing, which led to Rousey. But you know they it, it never they never do anything with these people that he's brought in or whatever else. And remember when he introduced like Ricochet and Alistair Black and uh, and DIY DIY and he you know said like yeah you know we're bringing you NXT or people from NXT and like we haven't seen him say a peep about NXT on are these people. In their careers or, or anything about like trying to acclimate them or try to give them like a, a kickstart on on screen, you haven't seen none of that. Like he no, showed up. At, I think that was like a February. I can tell you, Ricochet. Yeah, like, he, he sure could have used the like, win over Triple H. Say again. I said Ricochet short sh- could have used the win over Triple H at this point. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, what I'm really getting at is like, yeah, they, you know, even if even if that's something that he would want to do, like it's ultimately up to the booker to push these people as stars and get them to the pedal, get them to the space where they can use that to jettison them higher, you know, as far as star level. None of these people ever reach those levels to even say, oh yeah, let's consider Triple H versus so about so and so at this at this date because like that would really be a money match or this would really be something that, that could boost person to become a money player. No, ain't no money players. Yep. Like, the only money players are all old money. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unbelievable. But one on the other side of the coin from Triple H, Shawn Michaels has been kind of in the conversations a little bit with Johnny Gargano. Um, and the discourse is beginning, James. No one is safe. Oh, God. I have repeated this on the show. No one is safe. Do not marry your memories because when you put it down on paper, a lot of this stuff going to be arguing with your heart over your heads. And I think the thing that is that is starting here is going to be a very interesting thing and is going to make people, I don't know how, you know, you know, a lot of folks want to downplay what Gargano has done. Well, I won't say that. Um, they'll put it into question simply because they don't know what it means uh, in NXT, like the stuff he's accomplished, the match quality that he's put out, the, mm-hmm. everything like that. I think this is going to be a really yeah. interesting thing and <laughs> not a, you know, not a LeBron-Jordan debate, right? But it's going to be something of like people that are married to their memories against what's actually in front of their face. Now, James, we've had these conversations, you know, in group chats and discords and different kinds of other various words or slacks uh, about Gargano. (laughs) What do you make of this thing kind of just organically coming about because people are asking Meltzer about it now? Um, I don't know, man. It's, it's it's weird to me because I think that 
for wrestling um, and also for you know other sports, uh, like the idea of human capacity, the human's capacity or our human capacity for um, innovation and um, technology advances and um, you know things like that. Like I find it impossible for stuff that you know pseudo athletic slash uh, artistic stuff can get worse over over a span of twenty years. I feel like you know everything um, kind of has to be better because like there's so much manpower and man hours thrown at certain things, right? There's so also they have something to learn from. Right, and they and they use like the things that people learn, and then like advance further and further and further. So, like for me, when I talk, when people talk about you know somebody from X generation is versus somebody from Y generation, um, I tend to move it into a conversation about like uh, more or less like domina- domination or space um, occupied in that particular era. So like the argument of who's better basketball player between Michael Jordan and LeBron James, like if I get a if I get a time machine and I go pull out 1991, 1992 Michael Jordan, and I go and I pull out 2016 or 2013 LeBron James, I believe LeBron James is a better, more skilled, better athlete basketball player, right? Um but that's not but I think there's something to be said as far as like what your fit was as far as the era, because like that's a more interesting conversation because I think the one as far as like, is a thing from 20 years ago, like worse than the thing from 20, uh, I'm sorry, is the thing from 20 years better go better than the thing from 20 years ago. And it's not, and it's not like a, you know, something like Flojo or, <laughs> or, um, you know, Flojo in 88, uh, in, in soul. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really think, I think outside of stuff like, you know, strictly performance based sports, like, you know, you can control for uh, multitudes of things. I think it's kind of silly to think that, like, anything besides that could actually hold up. So, um, or to talk about, like, level of competition as far as it being higher. So, anyway, um, when it comes to the, when it comes to the, I guess, the the, the things is said about, uh, you know, Debit, or Johnny Argano and his matches versus Sean at his apex or whatever else, um, I, I think there's also I think there's also a discussion to be said about like who had better matches versus who was a better worker, for example. Yeah. Um, that I think also hold up. So for me, if you tell like if you ask me who has better matches, I'm probably going to say Johnny at this stage. Like it's kind of, it's kind of like been repeatable this repeatable thing in the last. Really? Well, he's been what? Uh, this is for f- four years, right? Because if you want to include the DIY stuff, right? Um, you want to include like the look, DIY re- versus the rockers. Look, I would say you really want to get people mad. Put that in there, <laughs> right? So, like, overwhelming, like Johnny, like the peak peak Johnny stuff is better than peak Sean stuff, right? But if you ask me, like, would I say that in a vacuum? You know, as far as all the skills that encompass into being a product for a professional wrestler or even a, a, just the in ring product aspect, um, 
I probably still go. I would probably still go with Sean or Eddie or Benoit or or you know Angle, Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles. You know, what I'm saying that I still go with that class of people. Um, because I, does it come down to but, the athleticism for that? Because everybody you mentioned right there is a way better athlete than Gargano. It's the athleticism. It's the athleticism, and also is the thing of. Um, the pacing, right? So, like, I'm sure that if I'm, I'm pretty sure because they're better athletes, all the people I mentioned, mm-hmm. that if I put them in this, if I put them in a time machine and said, I need you to watch wrestling for what, what, like, the top wrestlers in the world are doing for like, and give them like a week to go figure it out, like, I'm sure that like they would immediately adapt and be like fishes in water in this era and probably enjoy what they're doing even more if they're if they're open mind to it. like, especially someone like Sean who was always like a, um. A person that was pushing the pushing the boundaries of the stuff with like the ridiculous selling, uh, the the like you know not necessarily being a, not necessarily being a flyer, but taking like flyer type lucha bumps and stuff. So, um, I, I think that you know, I think that he if I feel like from that perspective, like yeah, I think he could do that. But as far as but I don't have a time machine, so I can only go by you know what 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 was put, what what the output was and on output, yeah. I mean, and this conversation we had about that sort of thing when we talk about like um, we talk about people like Seth or people in the main roster in WWE, and as far as like when we've seen them at different spots in their careers, um, at different points in their careers, even in WWE, and like they're better than they were um, then or now, and how and how good they actually are right now, and then you and then you account for like you know like. Yeah, man, like AJ Styles is not putting out consistent bangers like he was in 2016 when he was like the, you know, based on output, like the greatest, had the greatest year stretch and big match that any WWE wrestlers ever had. Mm-hmm. Or 16 to 17, or that 15 month span when he, his first 15 months in the company. But that man dropped gonna, dead after shaming, man. <laughs> yeah, but you're not going to convince me that like he somehow became a lesser wrestler um, because he has less of those. Even though, like, you know, on a on a semi regular basis, like every other month, as opposed to being every month, he kind of like every every other month, every three months, he gives you one of those too. Like, so I'm not, I don't, I, you know, I'm not really there to say that, like he's diminished as a wrestler because the matches are still there and the same quality is just they're just less frequent. Um, so like, I, so for me, it's like I, there's so much stuff going on that I really can't, you know. I, I really can't tell you, uh, you know, what's the chicken or what's the egg on that, but, I, but I believe just like because they're better athletes that like they would be able to adapt in that situation. But the output is the output, so I, I can't really get into that. So just based on output, Peak Johnny is better than Peak Sean, but there's no knock against Peak Sean because Peak Sean still like I, I'm not like I'm not gonna get no conversation about who's the goat. Like I still think it's Sean or or for America anyway. I still for me like. Uh, it, it's gonna be real hard for me to ever come up with anyone but Sean as far as in ring, as far as being the quote unquote goat. No, I don't give a damn how many more five star matches Johnny has. The, you know, it's real. It's all real interesting, um, and I I think it only gets more complicated when you bring the rest of the world into it. But uh, the, oh, yeah. the the main thing that well, not for me, but um, <laughs> it uh, you know, I think a lot of like this... just, here's one right. Okay, so let's talk about how like polarizing uh, Dean Ambrose 2016 was, right? For example, right. Like 
WWE in 2016 had its best in-ring uh, main roster, had its best in-ring year ever. Um, and then you hear you hear people talk about like Dean Ambrose as far as like what he was at the beginning of that year to like SummerSlam and after that. And you look back at it and you just look at I'm just using uh, Melzer Starrings. I've done this before. Like it's it's just a guideline. It's not a it's not a it's not it's just a guideline, right? That's all I have to say. It's not an authority authoritative um, thing about it. But the only people that on the main roster had more four star matches than him in 2016 were AJ, Sami Zayn. I think he may have. T- I think he may. I think Kevin Owens may have had more, or he was tied. But like he was in, he was in the top five. Right, right. So, and then and then from there, like it got even worse. Where people were just like, you know, he wrestles. I mean, he does this like, like he's wrestling underwater, like he's you know having a soft style pillow contest at times. Um, people, you know, have wondered about his work work ethic at times, whether or not he let go of the rope if he just checked out mentally for as far as like the wrestling thing because of what we now know is like just general frustration over over six years of the company. Glad and, that shit over you know, with. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people had reservations and concerns, and I still do, quite frankly, um, with, you know, him outside of WWE trying to become a top, this top star. And then you see his match with Juice Robinson is like, holy shit, like this is the best singles match I've ever seen him have. And I then and I was one of the people that was in the camp of Ambrose is good, is damn good when he wants to be or, or when he's putting him to be. And so like we're gonna look, people are gonna look up like after this G one and be like, yeah, this is the best Ambrose ever been. Was like, yeah, because that's more or less positioning more than anything else. That's that's positioning. Like, you know, how we always talk about uh, the most improved player in the NBA. Yeah, of the, that award about yeah. how like really all it comes down to like when you look at it year over year is like who's gonna get more who, playing like, time. Who's somebody who's like under twenty four years old who's basically gonna get a get a huge uptick in minutes, right? Like like Pascal Siakam is probably gonna win it this year, right? Right, and I mean there's other there's been other guys like um oh my god who won it last year? I can't remember, but Victor like, Oladipo, yeah, Oladipo, Drummond, all you know, a bunch of people, people over the years, and the world it comes down to is their opportunities change more than anything else. Like, yeah, I'm sure they all got better and they absolutely did to an extent, but it's like, it's not that like they're two times better as opposed to like, nah, the, the things like the road that like the paths got cl- the path got clear for them to, um, to do this sort of thing. So, um, I think, I think that's one of the things where for me is like, when it comes to WWE and it comes to Horton Town, it's like, you can't tell me that like, especially like right now. So when we, uh, We'll get to we'll get to start them later in the show, but the best wrestler in the history of that company is Yoshirai, right? Um, Yoshirai, as much as recently as <laughs> as recently as last summer, was probably the best female wrestler in the world, as far as the as far as in ring, right? Um. Like so good that like she's probably one of the ten best wrestlers in the world, regardless of gender or whatever else. Maybe top five, right? Especially if you, especially if you account for like level of opponents. Like I'm sure that she go out there and have five star matches with with with, with Ishii. I'm sure she could. Um, so, um, you look at her when she gets to the Mae Young Classic, 
she go out there, she has her like four and a half, four and three quarter star match or whatever. Else. Or sorry, I'm um, sorry, three star, three and three and a half, three and a um, three quarter star match or whatever else because like she's wrestling in this WWE style and she's also um, not getting to go like 15 minutes as opposed to, but getting really getting like seven minutes, nine minutes here and there or whatever else on the man classic to where Dave Finishell is telling me like, oh, I wasn't really impressed. And I'm like, well, were you, were you, was she given time to be impressive? Like, did she, was she given opponents to be impressive? And like, it's, it, it's, it's, it's frustrating when like, you know, cause you've seen it, but someone doesn't know and they haven't seen it. So like, <laughs> they almost feel like, so it almost feels like they're not taking your word for it. It's like, dude, you know, I wouldn't put my name on something like that. If I, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it's I, I fucking infuriating. Trash. Time. Right. Right. And it's like, so that's the thing that, made, that, that risks me. Like, we'll get to it because like, the match we just saw, uh, the match we saw, uh, the Arissa and Tam match, like, those two went out there and tore the fucking house down, and, like, those two aren't in uh, Io Shirai's league. Like, those are two people that aren't even in, like, the top of, of stardom as far as, like, quality wrestler. So it's like, don't don't get fucked up and think that, like, WWE is out here, like, they, they're there to, uh, they are Starbucks, they are McDonald's, like, and there's nothing wrong with that, but, like, I guess I guess what I'm saying is like when these people start turning into double or quarter pounders of cheese and, and caramel fraps, like don't don't be able to like, well, wow, they like I thought I heard all this good stuff about, you know, how tasty this thing was and how come they're not like as tasty as I, as I was later to believe it's like, nah, like these things are mass produced right now. So well, like you, you can't it. like you missed the energy. Like it, it's 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 yeah. a um yeah, and then and, like, and then you get the, and then you get the Ambrose thing on the other end. where, like, he's out, and then like within one, like in within a month of him being out, or whatever else. Like, look at him, like he's fucking flourishing. It's amazing, man. Um, you know what I'm saying? And like, and the thing is, like, it's not like he never had moments of that in WWE. Like, if you're talking about the 2016 thing, it's like he had that moment at the beginning of the year, like that that fast lane match with Triple H. Like, I just fucking love that match. That's one of my favorite matches of that year, but. Somewhere then, between that even and then, where we are, he's. Uh, some, go ahead. I was gonna say even then he's hotter right now than he ever was. Yes, ever. I agree. absolutely. <laughs> but what I'm saying, like, is even between, like, he was at a certain level of respectability where, like, you can't like say, eh, "I'm not that impressed with him." Like, he was actually a person that, like, he was checking off all the boxes at that point in time, and then, like, from that point till you know, really WrestleMania 32 to where we are uh, to where he ends up. Uh, to the end of his tenure in WWE, like it just won the same outside outside of like you know the tag match was with Seth. But now that's all it. changed. Right, <laughs> he's not. And now we're, he's yeah, he, now he's, he's not only having we, he's not only having great matches. He is selling tickets as well. <laughs> uh, AEW all out. Boy, 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 it is lit like Big Mama's stove. Another sellout. 15 minutes. How about it now? Unbelievable. Um, The numbers in the queue, absolutely ridiculous. I was following it along in real time. I want to say at one point there were 68,000 ticket requests in the queue, which is just mind-boggling. And of that 68,000, you know, you got people logging in on multiple devices, but they kind of look at it like every person that's logged in has the ability to buy four tickets. So no one has the math on obviously the the devices and all that, but how many people really were doing that? I'm not sure, but this is crazy. This is another example 
of AEW mass, like, just ridiculously overachieving uh, to, to the expectations that are placed upon them uh, by the non-believers, by the haters, by people that just want these dudes to just just go away and fall and fail. And, and I, I I went through, like, you know, I was going through Twitter the other night just looking at old stuff people posted and just, like, all these, all these things that I've, I've just seen and I'm just howling at in laughter just at the wrongness and everything. It's like, at this point, all that's left for them to do is announce that they're actually going to drop their shows on Monday and beat Raw on the ratings. Okay, I wouldn't go that far, but um, what I will say is, well, you said Mondays, not not Fridays, but yeah. Um, what I would say is this. Um, do you have any doubt that this, was going, that this wasn't going to sell out? Because I never had any doubt it wasn't going to sell out. I didn't. Okay, so the reason why I don't like you can get into your reason later why you felt that way. But the reason for me is they've already sold out twice, all right. So so it's not um, beginners' luck they, games. Just, just checking, right? No, I mean no. Um, so <laughs> they they've sold out twice. If you want to say you know or or once, whatever you want to put it as far as how you feel about out in being a, considering an AEW property or just an elite property slash ring honor property, whatever. Um, but they've done this before. And they put out a show that was highly successful by, you know, critically and critically. Um, then they're coming back again. And the thing is, like, you, you look at the fan base and the clientele that they're that um, the people that are, you know, buying this stuff. And it's like, these are the same people that do that fly in. And these are people that fly to, to to Japan to go watch Wrestle Kingdom, to go you know go see a block final or um, or the final of a G one or you know or go to Dominion or um, you know or people that go see the you know people that go see the championship carnival or people that will go fly to WrestleMania every single year like us like us weirdos right? So like if you have a hardcore fan base in WWE that's willing to go you know fly into you know different areas every single year to go go to WrestleMania or go to access with the belt mutants as you call them or as most people call them or um or the festivities around WWE uh around that weekend right where it's WrestleCon or it's Rev Pro or it's uh, you know whatever else stardom um last year if you're if you're one of those people um, that spends money on the network and that sort of thing, like you put, you are a hardcore fan or you're someone that watched five hours of TV of WWE, you're a hardcore fan and you're willing to put in money to go watch these products. So, like, AEW is marketing to the hardest of the hardcore. Like, so if there are, how many people have the network? A million and... Like 1.7. 1.7? Yeah, I, I, this is a rough estimate. Okay. Okay. So if you go to the hardest of the hardcore, those people, the people that people that are, you know, PWG fans, uh, Ring of Honor fans, uh, Impact fans, TNA fans, what have you? I'm sorry, Impact, uh, uh, whatever, 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 Caleb, so whatever, right? <laughs> if, I'm trying to correct myself, for Caleb, like fuck, Caleb, sorry. <laughs> but fuck him. If they, no, he know he he knows I mean that lovingly. Uh, so well, not lovingly. That's that's not my thing. Point. Uh, so if we're going to if we're going to um, if you have all those people from all those different spaces, um, 
and also New Japan fans mentioned earlier, if you have all those people from from that pool, and there's a large such a large pool, if you get the hardest of the hardcores, like they're going to give their money towards something that they you know that they, that they feel like they've been rewarded by watching, and they did it the first time, so why wouldn't it happen the second time? Like they they made it work the first time, and then they gave them exactly what the people wanted, you know, the, the first time. So why wouldn't they come back and do it again? At a ving- at a at a in an area that's easier to do it at, and and the crazy thing about it is that they are selling these tickets when other companies right now are struggling to sell tickets. Ring of Honor, I don't know what's going on with them. They got blue all over their maps. WWE stomping grounds struggling to sell out at pay per view at that like you know in that respect. But, and it's, but that's because but that's because of like the I mean obviously the product's called for WWE, but that's also like. Y'all, y'all put it up in the in the, to, or the Tacoma Dome, like, what? How many weeks ago? I'm not sure how long ago. Like they, they made st- remember, like they made they put the date down because of uh, how they were flipping around because they got kind of got messed around with about yeah. uh, the Saudi Arabia date because the Saudi Arabia date was one one time and then like they had to adjust it uh, based on Saudi Arabia's schedule. So like they. They, so they put up this pay per view on short notice, and then they're selling. They're doing it in T- Tacoma, as opposed to Seattle. Like, what? What were you expecting? You know, I, I just think it's funny how people went from uh, can they sell ten thousand tickets? Well, that got done. Can they sell out a, a, a real major arena? Well, that got done. Can they do it more than once? That got done. Um, can they get a TV deal? That got done. Can, can they yeah. get a good TV deal? That got done. Can they get a big pay-per-view buy rate? That got done. At some point, give it up. Let it go. Yeah. Who, whoever hurts you, let let it go. Like, <laughs> so, so I think I think and I also think the thing that helped it um, in a way is like as great as the show was, as great as the show was, and all the buzz around it, and like it, it exceeded the hype. I think what also helped this time around is the fact that like you knew it already sold out before. The first time, so the second time comes around, it's a smaller building, so like it's even more exclusive. So like there are gonna be more people who come around. Like I don't know, I don't, I'm not one of the people that answer things. So, like yo, if they went actually uh, went out to try to sell out Kaminsky, they would have sold it out because they might have, people have been turned off and saying, oh like yeah, like I could go, but like I'm gonna be in the outfield. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to like okay, ten thousand seat building, it's gonna be a pretty decent uh, seat anywhere in the house. Um, so like that helps as well. I'm not saying that they wouldn't have, but I'm saying like like the exclusivity helps. Like you know, we always talk about like why the fuck is PG- PWG fucking around and only um, that that plate that little box in Reseda? Like why are they doing that? Like it's part of the thing is like they re- it's they're, they're able to sell the brand as being so cool because it sells out all the time and it helps like. And that's the reason why, like, after they left, like, they're now in a bigger venue. It's not that much bigger. Yeah. Like, they're not tired of trying to sell 5,000 seats. Yeah, and they they literally have a picture of themselves on the side of the building on a plaque now. <laughs> so that's kind of like, I, I made the joke, I was like, is Sears Center the, the AEW MSG? So- oh, my God. <laughs> So, you know, like, and I was talking with Josh about this. I was like, 25 years down the road, like, people can be talking about the Sears Center like it's the Mid-South Coliseum or uh, Greensboro, uh, you know, Civic Center or whatever the hell they call it. Like, that's what it's called. Yeah. Uh, the Omni and shit like that. 
Wow. <laughs> so, um, and I and I think uh, and Floyd actually brought up a great point on on all things elite, and you know, and, and he said that he had a conversation with Cody during one of the times he met him recently. And he mentioned that the first AEW TV is either going to be in L.A. or New York. Mm. So, to me, that's only mm. that's only two things. Like, <laughs> yeah, Staples or MSG. Yes, and I I feel strongly that it needs to be in MSG because those dudes need to go claim the sellout that they didn't get to show up to uh, with New Japan this past this past um, April or March, whatever it was. Yeah, I mean, how much but, uh, of an opening uh, statement would that be? You're on, t- you on TNT, Atlanta wrestling, like, <laughs> like, like TNT's wrestling in, in Madison Square Garden, the home of Vince McMahon. I can't, I can't think of a better way to start this. Uh, I mean, it's ambitious. I would, I would personally, I would save it for a pay per view, but I mean, you might have a point. Yeah, like and. You know their presentation is going to be. Gonna be I mean, because you can always tell people on the history of like, yeah, like it's it's not just MSG. It's also like you can say that you were there for the very first ever AEW show, right? Whatever they they end up calling it and everything like that. Like, but. like if like for example, like if we come to August, seeing that seeing that um, WrestleMania is in uh, Tampa this year, yep, or coming next year, and like. Tokyo for Russell Kingdom 14 kind of seems like an unrealistic goal for uh for my budget. Mm-hmm. I can might I might be able to try to convince myself into doing something like ir- like semi irresponsible like going up to uh to MSG for the f- the first ever uh, AEW show. <laughs> I, I I might be able to convince myself into doing something halfway irresponsible like that. Maybe. Yeah, man, it's uh. It's really great to see just be, having been a fan of these these dudes and seeing the the great positive energy that's just all over uh, with AEW like and how good they're making people feel right now. If you just like if you if you ignore like all the Roman Reigns stands stand accounts and um, poison on the timeline. <laughs> oh my um, god! If you ignore that, like, <sighs> and, and you look at like people tweeting their their stories and and how. AEW's like having an effect on them and their fandom and everything like that. It's like, I don't like it's deep, but it's like it's like wow, okay, like this is kind of kind of cool that you know wrestling is making people feel good like this. So, um, two of the matches that are announced, um, I think there are high stakes on both of them. Um, Mm -hmm. And you're talking about um, like Hangman Page versus Chris Jericho for the title and. Kenny Omega versus John Moxley. Only two matches that were announced. They sold that shit immediately. So it'll be interesting you, to see whatever. Do you think it? Do you think it would have sold out without either show? Yeah. Do you think it would have sold out without a card? Without anything set out? I think it still would have sold out. Yes. Even without a card. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. And. But you know, I'm putting that one down for Kenny too, and uh, and Jericho oh, no. as well. <laughs> Look, by all means, by all means. Look, put it down for Moxley too. Yeah. Uh, hey man too or, or, or not, not? Um, <laughs> I mean to a lesser extent but yeah to a lesser extent but yeah I mean like don't let that's not get it fucked up like he was on the pre-show last pay-per-view yeah yeah like, um, he was out look he was out there getting absolutely dunked on by MJF and then it took him and two other people to, to shut him up yeah um 
look, he was out there wearing two different denims and, and different and different uh shades. So let's not act. You want to keep going? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm done right there. That man came out there with two different with, with two different types of denim on. Oh man. Uh so like those matches matter. Like it's going to be interesting. Like I've seen, you know, a couple people think Hangman Page should be the first champion. I disagree. I, I think Chris Jericho should be the first champion and you know, he can talk. He can be you know, he's he's among the five hottest wrestlers in the world right now. He can deliver good enough matches in a main event situation. He's been a champion on national television before. He's a draw. He's <laughs> he's Chris Jericho, goddammit. Like <laughs> and I you know I think you're more limited if you start with Hangman Page and I think Hangman Page is the option two years from now. Like whenever uh Kenny starts whenever Kenny has the championship and eventually turns heel and you know Page <laughs> has been beaten around and you know my my whole idea of it is eventually Omega tracks Jericho down for the title and that's like the big like story or whatever and then you know he does his run but something happens and then you know Paige eventually you know finds his his time and you know everything else and everyone else they kind of get all circled around uh the main event orbit but it gets real interesting when you when you start thinking I think you're on the same page as me as far as Jericho right yeah I mean you want your first chance to be somebody that's a recognizable name to people that gives you credit instant credibility and like I'm sorry but if Let's just make this comparison. Um, like you tell me who you tell me who seems more like a Buddy Rogers type figure uh, for the for the first champion than uh, between those two between Adam I don't say Adam uh, Adam Page and uh, and Jericho. Like I'm sorry, one dude is a legend that that is that is recognizable. The other one is a guy that is up and coming. Like that is the person that. Like I'm not saying he shouldn't be the uh, uh, a, an eventual champion. I'm saying he shouldn't be the first champion. Yeah, and because Jericho. whoever you actually do make the champion, you need to give them all the juice of saying like he vanquished that guy. Yeah, and, and Jericho is like still good, <laughs> so yeah, it's not like that. he's he's mailing it in. Um, but Omega Moxley is like a totally different conversation, I think. And this comes from, you know, Kenny doing interviews saying he can't lose to that dude from that place. Uh, Kenny losing on the last show. And then Moxley being insanely hot right now as we speak on June 16th. But this mm-hmm. match isn't happening until August 31st. A lot's mm-hmm. happening between then, including the G1, which John Moxley could, you know, he could pass or fail in that thing. We don't know how it's going to go. And... If the match was happening right now, no doubt I would be putting Moxley over right now, right? Mm-hmm. But say he has a couple of stinkers in the G1s. He, you know he's going to do some jobs in the G1 eventually. So is there is there an argument for Kenny to win that, next, that, win that match at all out? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in a situation where, like, I'm good with either one of them winning. Um I would say that if you ask me what's more what's more problematic, um, Ambrose losing his first match um in AEW or Kenny losing his second match, knowing that like the end game eventually is getting it back to Kenny eventually, um, or getting the title to Kenny, because uh, he's the he's probably the top star in the company. I probably say it's probably more of an issue for um for for uh Moxie to lose immediately. And also like 
I think that you know the the idea is the end game is Kenny. Then like you, if if Kenny wins a match and like the feud's over and then you move on, or let's say they're not doing, let's say they're actually doing like New Japan where like they wrestle and then like they don't wrestle again for a few months, but. If the end game is we're trying to get Kenny on a chase, then like if he beats Moxley, then what? Like does he get to, does he just face Jericho like in the next at the, at the third pay per view and then it's like okay some chase it lasted <laughs> some chase it lasts till fucking December, yeah, so um but I mean either way I'm good on either I don't really have a dog in a fight on who wins or loses that one like um I don't know. It, yeah, so I, I I was actually talking to Josh I, and Jeremy about this and I. I think a lot of the appeal with Kenny doesn't really come down to if he wins or not. And then he's become a God to the AEW fan base, essentially in defeat already. Like we already mm-hmm. know what big Kenny Omega losses feel like, you know, losing in the Tokyo dome twice or whatever. And, you know, he's, you know, you've seen him get his, you know, eventual win over Okada with the IWGB title and things like that. But I think, for AEW to be as well-rounded as it possibly can be, like Kenny's bulletproof right now, so he can he can do a bunch of jobs to essentially create no, 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 the main no, no, event I, I, I wouldn't say a bunch of jobs. I say he could do. T- I I would say that like he can do. You know, he can do some. I wouldn't say a bunch. Like among this fan base, he's always going to have this level of cachet. If it's if it takes sacrificing, you know, a couple more jobs for him to build the main event scene to then go back through eventually, I think that's worth it to establish like a top six or eight. Okay. Um I don't necessarily I don't necessarily love it, but I wouldn't necessarily agree, disagree either. Like I don't think he needs to be losing to six motherfuckers or five other motherfuckers. I feel like he should be losing to um I feel like he should be at this point, right now, I would say on people that I'd be okay with him or losing to would be like probably Moxley and Jericho right now. That's it. Like, but that's just right now. Like, it, when they do the eventual Cody thing, like depending on where Cody is after he gets done uh, doing the tag thing with his uh, with his brother and whatever else, like. I don't know, man. I think it might be. I, I think it would, it would be a good time for him to, or Kenny and Cody to have a. Well, that'd be a third match, right? Yeah, third match. Yeah, like I or don't. Or fourth think match. It, well, they did a triple threat, but yeah, third. I'm not match. counting that triple threat match. I know. Yeah, what was that? Was that a? Uh, that was like uh, was that that destruction. Was, that was like King of Pro Wrestling. King of Pro Wrestling. Okay, I don't yep. know why I mixed it with destruction. Um. So, yeah. Uh. I feel like once they do that match, the third singles match, and like, yeah, like Kenny shouldn't be doing no jobs to Cody. Oh, I I definitely agree on that. So, <laughs> <laughs> wow. But um, Terrible. yeah, speaking of Cody, um, he uh, apparently you know they uh, are doing some type of meet and greet at uh, Starcraft Three, and this man, uh, he has his dog Pharaoh, and I don't know all the details of it. Apparently, it's some type of charity event. And the dog is getting a meet and greet. What? Yeah, man, the dog's over, so people want to meet the dog, and is donated towards and it's towards a you know towards a cause. So I guess they figured like let's let's you know let's just do this, and also like the dog is over, so like it's a cool thing to do. So more power to them. Uh, I just know that if I was at uh, whatever else. Um, and and it was a if I was at Starcast three and it was a um 
and it was a, towards a cause that I, you know, I, I believe should have money, uh, you know, given or I should donate money to it. I, I, I just, I just send the money like through the you know, <laughs> online. Like I don't need to see the dog. Like the you, dog is you, the dog. So you wouldn't line up uh, in a line to go meet the dog, James? No, I'm kind of. I, I don't. You know me. Like I'm not really in the line to go meet the wrestlers either. So like, no, nah, I'm kind of good. <laughs> Like I want to, like I want to watch you wrestle. Like I don't really want anything else other than you. Like oh, like I see you just on on like on the side or whatever else. Like oh yeah, like I might you know, and they're in like there's there's no line or whatever else. Yeah, I might want to rap with you like or whatever else for a little bit. But outside of that, nah, like I'm good. <laughs> like maybe like maybe like unless you're like selling like merch, I don't really I don't really want to send a line for you. I'm good. Yeah, man. White folks love their dogs. I that, that's just. Oh my god! <laughs> like, like I, 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 I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 hey, this is this is a good way to you know to build up, take advantage of that, you know. Um, yeah. So, you know, if, if it was me, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm yeah. not. Eventually, somebody gonna get heat on the dog, right? How do you get heat on the dog? If it doesn't get you canceled off, kicked off the airwaves. You, you, you steal the dog. You steal the dog. <laughs> you steal the dog. <laughs> you steal the dog. Do you know how many white people would kill somebody <laughs> if they got their dog stolen? You can get some. Like, you want to be up in a Vic jersey, like? <laughs> Come on, man. See, you took this. You took this somewhere. <sighs> you were good until you brought it the Vic thing. Oh, you were, man. You were, you were good. Look, man. Look, maybe look, let, would, look. It, would Chris Jericho get heat on the dog? Yes or no? Do you think Jericho would have an idea how to get heat from the dog? Uh, yeah, sure he would because he's because you know because he's Chris Jericho. But like, would MJF know how to get heat from the dog? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would. He would. Um, he absolutely would. I'm calling probably- it now. Someone will eventually get heat on the dog. Why? Because people feel sorry Look, for the dog. They love the dog. If, they cherish the dog. If they're, <laughs> I thought you were gonna go from cher- love the dog, cherish the dog. If you had said worship the dog, I might have to turn this podcast <laughs> off and laugh so hard. Um. So, uh, okay. So, <laughs> all right. So, I think you save that for like Act Two of a Blood Feud. Or act three of a blood feud, like the final blow, like the final, like the final heat of a blood feud is, bro. This motherfucker stole my dog, bro. Like it's going too far. Like he came, his this man came to my house uh, trying to get some smoke. I wasn't there, so instead he stole my dog. I'm when I see him, I'm going to fuck him up. Oh my god! (laughs) Get heat on the dog. I can't believe this. But, but, but back to okay. So back to like the the actual like. Are they gonna be allowed to pet the dog? Because that that, that seems like a bad idea. Pet the dog. They, oh man. Uh, I I would assume they had to pet the dog. Because like you know, are other people gonna bring their dogs to meet the dog? Like that makes it even worse. I want that makes that makes Starcast even like first off you gotta deal with people. That would that make me get. not want to go. Look, first off, you got to deal with these people that don't that don't that don't want to shower and brush their teeth it. right, and then like and, and then like and then you want to throw in the fact that like you got 
dogs there too. Not not a dog. Dogs plural. Nah, man. Nah, man. Like nah. Like I don't like that shit at the mall. I don't like that shit at the grocery store. I don't. I don't, I don't want it at my wrestling convention either. So, but anyway, my my whole thing was asking you about like, all right, like the pet the dog thing sounds like just a bad idea waiting to happen because all look because what ain't nobody trying ain't nobody look because when he bites it when he bites uh somebody right and and they're gonna be out here saying I want this dog put down. Then all of a sudden, they're the, then all of a sudden, the person that wants the dog put down is the bad guy. Yeah, let a dog bite so, me. I fuck a dog up. <laughs> I fight a dog. Every time, by the time, every time I was in uh, Birmingham uh, at Kirby's, and like a dog, uh, somebody's walking the dog without a leash. So then the dog saw me at night and ran up, and I was like, I literally had to get my mind right, right for like, well, I'm going to have to fight this dog off. Ready to scrap. Like, I literally I literally had to pull my pants up. I literally was pulling my pants up and like bought my fists up, ready for this dog to like, to come so I could fight this dog off. Oh and then it stopped, it stopped probably like 10 feet away and then turned back. I was like, Man, this is that bullshit. <laughs> like, I'm because like, I've I've never like first off when I was younger I was terrified of dogs. I Even still am. So like the idea of I had to get my mind right to go fin one off. And this is a medium. This wasn't a big dog. This is a medium sized dog. I was like, man, this 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 fucking sucks. Yeah, yeah. Um... But it, it's a worse feeling. It's it's like it's a worse like anxiety feeling of like than like oh I'm going to. At least when you you know you're about to fight another, you're gonna fight a human. You're like, okay, like simple, just it's a, it's an instant response opposed to like yeah. the, I, the the bad feeling of okay, it's running, it's barreling towards me. I have to like get right because this thing's gonna be quicker than me, and then I have to like try to like get a hold of this thing and like try to wrestle it down slash choke it out or whatever else I have to do or kick it, kick the shit out of it. Like so, I was like, man, this this is gonna fucking suck. Like just <laughs> real off, it's like man, this is gonna suck. It's about to suck. I swear. Now, now I'm trying to think about some of the rules they got to have in place. Like, now you mentioned petting the dog. Now, I'm, I imagine that nobody will be allowed to bring treats for the dog because. Oh, no. You can't be trusting people. Yeah. You can't trust people. So somebody come around and poison, well, you want to talk about poison the dog. And, yeah, poison the dog. Yes. That's that where I was getting at. <laughs> My God. Bitch, look, you, look, you want to see somebody go out there and get, uh, and get their ass whooped. Like, yes. Like you feed the dog something to get sick, they they will find you. And when they like, and when they and when they find you, Bitch, like I can. And, and when they find you, I ain't gonna say God bless you. You gonna deserve whatever they give you, whatever Bro. they give you, you deserve. I and can, you probably deserve more. I, you, like you a real sucky, you are poisoning dogs. Uh, I can imagine MJF pulling a big ass Hershey chocolate bar out and be like, "You hungry, Pharaoh? Oh, oh my god, my god, yes, that's fucking terrible. Yes, wow. like just." Uh, Bill Watts will find a way to get heat on the dog. I know that. Yeah, man. You, you know, they, they really love that dog. That dog got blue eyes, too. They love they that love dog. They love that dog. They love that dog. That is, like, I, I mean, that is about as a, that is about as lovable, of a, as lovable, quote, unquote, of a dog as they can get as opposed to, like, a golden retriever. Yeah, I think right. I think it's pretty much the only. I think that's the only thing they can be topping Pharaoh as far as uh, that will make them love that dog even more. I wonder how old Pharaoh is. Oh, uh, 
Uh, uh, you, are you are you about to say like there's only a there's a limited track work, there's a limited time span on how far you be pushing this dog? Is that what you're getting at? Now, now we just kind of, now we're gonna find different ways to kill the dog now, huh? That's what we're doing. We're finding different ways to kill the dog. Okay, all right. Oh my god, people gonna hate me. Oh my god. Oh shit. Um, yeah, I, I I'm just wondering how long Pharaoh's been around, been on the planet. You know, how how much longer is he available for these? You know, to be put in, in angles or meet and greets and situations like such, but um. You know, if I was them, I'd be trying to. Uh, well, I'll I put it like this: I, I seriously doubt that that fur will be at like at uh, all in five. I, no, I seriously doubt he'll be at all all out nine. I seriously doubt that. Yeah. I seriously doubt that. See, Cody got to He got to start thinking like a promoter. He got to start thinking about the next joint. He got to like get Pharaoh like you know a partner and, and and trying to reproduce. Like that's 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 how he got to flip this over. You know, um, but we spent far too much time on the dog and <laughs> everything like that. Uh, the last thing that, um, like the way you just said it, why did why did you talk about like him, like all of a sudden Pharaoh having offspring? Why did it make me think of like, like Fritz, Fritz and his kids? Like he's gonna sit, like roll them over, make them the stars. Yep, like Fritz, exactly, um, just wow. like that. And, and he can even like. Like buy like a fake dog, right? And then say like, "Oh my God, they their cousins! This is Pharaoh's cousin!" Like, but play like a Pharaoh's kid or whatever. Like, oh my God. but but people find out about the rip. It ain't really related. The whole business will be blown. Like, wait, 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 wait. So now you want Pharaoh just to have a kid that pops out of nowhere? So like, so basically. What you want to do is like basically like run that run that game that Drake was gonna run where he's gonna put uh your boy Adonis in the uh, that Adidas ad. Yes. Oh yes. my god. Yes. Just like it. Like where where is where is the put where is the dog pushing T to tell to say the Pharaoh's a deadbeat? Where is that at? Yo, somebody has to come up with a rival animal. Like now that yeah, they where, got this, where, like somebody has to have a black dog with them. Like yo, a better one, a better one. Where where are the where are the photos of Pharaoh in blackface? God damn where, it! Where, where are the photos of Pharaoh in blackface? Oh my god! Oh, like when when do we get to call Pharaoh a coon? What the <laughs> Say coon on Turner Network Television, James. <laughs> Bro, I'm sorry. Look, that is some real Chappellean shit. If they put a a dog in blackface, it's like some shit that would be out of Chappelle skit in like 2019. Even like we have, we are going, we are just like we have gone beyond like uh, <laughs> we have gone beyond the pale. Like that is like some you know like the black white supremacist. Like that is beyond yes. like you know. Do you think Pharaoh has his own like social media accounts? If he doesn't, I'm sure he will soon. I'm telling you, bro, they they done got the dog over out here. Unbelievable! Like AW creating stars already. Unbelievable! <laughs> Shout out to Cody and Brandy for doing that. So, um, speaking of stars, let's talk about Stardom and the latest in Stardom. Hit the music.
we had the match you were mentioning earlier. Um, Arisa versus Tam. Uh, what were the? I know Tam Nakano and Arisa Hoshiki. Hoshiki, yes. Yeah. So take it away, James. Oh God, here you go. Okay, so I mean, okay, the last time we did a stardom report, quote unquote, was um, after the Golden Week, uh, or after the first week of Golden Week. So we saw basically just the main event shows or main event matches uh, from the from the produced shows. Yep. So, um, but we didn't see the full cards by the point in time they weren't actually uploaded yet. So uh, that was the first month. That's the first week of May. So since then they've they've uh, we've gotten to uh, June. Uh, so uh, just try to like sum up for people. I um, at the end of April there was a single elimination tournament called the Cinderella Tournament. The winner ends up getting uh, a dream of whatever they want. It's a sixteen woman tournament. Uh, it's uh, they, the winner gets a they become the they get the Cinderella dress. They come out in a dress in, in a ballroom gown and then they get a wish. Because they're Cinderella, and generally the wish is, I want a title shot for whatever singles title I want. So, um, question: <clears throat> mm-hmm. I was watching the day show uh, from six nine uh, the other day, and I felt okay. like I saw a whole bunch of title belts. How many championships does Stardom have? Okay, let's see. There is the the World of Stardom belt, which is the red belt. That's the top title belt. That's yep. the universal title. There is the white belt, which is the uh, called the Wonder of Stardom belt. It's the white belt. It looks this an IC championship, just like how right. our, the WWE's belt's a white belt. Um, so uh, as far as the rest of singles belts, there is a high speed championship belt. Um, people would immediately hear that and think cruiserweight belt, but not really. It's more about the. It doesn't matter <clears throat> about the size or the weight. It's about the pace of the match. Um, so uh, that's that's the third one. Depending on the year, sometimes it matters more than it does right now. Right now, we're in the middle of a great uh, title run with uh, Hazuki, so it's it's relevant now. Um, and they have two people chasing after. They have Starlight Kid and Azumi chasing after it um, naturally because you know that you, you've seen the rust before. They're, they're wrestling all- like they're wrestling like they're on a freaking um, sugar rush. So. Um, then you have a future of stardom uh, title, which is uh, uh, Utami uh, Aya Shishida. She's the champion. Uh, she won from Starlight Kid. That belt is basically a juniors, junior slash young girl belt. Uh, basically, if you are under 18 or you are, have been in stardom for less than two years or wrestling for less than two years uh, since your debut, you are eligible for, to compete for that title. Ah. Uh there is, um, and that belt's more or less put on ice right now because Utami's dominant uh, as a as a rookie or still in, in the first. She hasn't even had a full calendar year yet, but whatever. Uh, there is the SWA International Belt, Piper Niven, Viper, um, or Viper Vi- Piper Niven, and you know WWE fans. She was the champion. Uh, Utami beat her for it uh, months ago. Um, that belt is basically like. All right, that's that's the Gaijin belt. That's basically like gotcha. okay, like you do tours, you come here, whatever else. We make you champion. You go go defend our belt um, wherever you're from, whether it's England or America or whatever have you. Like I'm pretty sure that um, if Santana Garrett, when she wasn't the inner, wasn't the Wonder Champion, I'm sure she probably had that belt at one point, right? right. Um, 
Back when she was out there with more belts than fucking Ultimate Dragon uh, in 2017. So she probably had it, one of those belts with hers. It, like, that belt's gigantic, by the way. Uh, I'm trying to think. What other singles belts are there? I think that's it. So then um, there is, after that, there are the uh, artist of... I'm sorry. There are the goddess of stardom belts. Those are the tag belts. And then there are the artist of stardom belts. Those are the trio belts. So six woman matches. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's every belt. Yeah. So uh, the thing the thing about the belts is they have too many belts. They flat flat out. They have gotcha. too many belts. <clears throat> um, and I mean. It, I mean, the only way that makes it uh, okay right now, as far as the the number of belts, is that like so many of them are on Utami, yes. that it doesn't really matter. Like she has four belts. Like she's a tag champion. She's the international champion. She's the uh, futures champion. So like, uh, there's one more belt. I'm blanking on what the belt is. Whatever. Yeah, um, but she yes, has, she's she, dripping in gold right now. Yeah, she has four belts. Um, so like that kind of her having four belts right now, like kind of like cleared some of that stuff up. So like really the belts that people are going after. And also she was on the shelf with these belts at the time. Cause she, uh, she's been hurt since, uh, she got surgery after the, uh, New York match, uh, against Momo. And she has made a saw. return. She's made a return on the 9th of June. Yes. So like, so those belts have been on ice for, for so long. So like it kind of cleared up the path for like, there's less confusion. Um, as far as like all these belts and everything else and made it easier to watch, especially because like you have um you have basically the tag no tag belts, we have the trio belts that were um were given that were won by uh Tokyo Cyber Squad, the new faction, the fourth faction, um created uh in the aftermath of the uh stardom draft. So they pretty much pushed the brand new faction that was always treated like a. There's always like the fourth faction has always kind of been treated like shit. Mm-hmm. So like they pushed them hard, and you know uh, their top three won the belts uh, of Hanakamura, Konami, and Jungle Kiona, which is nice because see that Jungle Kiona win something for once. So, <laughs> um, so they done a good job establishing that faction in the aftermath of, that, of the of the draft and it becoming new and establishing themselves in the universe. Uh. I'm trying to think what else has happened so far. Uh, oh yeah. So, anyway, the thing that's cool about Stardom uh, for me is seeing like the pushes that happen, and when the pushes happen, they make sense and normally uh, are rewarding. So, um, going back to the beginning of the conversation from where we kind of you know started doing uh, reviews of or reviewing Stardom as uh, their shows is that they did the Cinderella tournament, and the Cinderella tournament, the final was Konami, who used to be in the Queen's Quest faction, kind of getting promoted and being like more or less like she's not the leader of Tokyo Cyber Squad, but she's more or less is like the badass of that group. So um, if you want to establish yourself by having a great title defense, you go Russell Konami. If you want to go out there and just have a, a really good match and prove that you're tough, you go Russell the submission specialist Konami, uh, and and they and they've elevated her to that to that space when she wasn't there before, even though she's was that good. Uh, so you have uh, she was she got to the final in the Cinderella tournament, ultimately lost to her Arisa Hoshiki. Um, at the time, I was like Arisa Hoshiki because she's uh, she's only been back into wrestling for six months. Uh, I thought that like she looks like a really good athlete that moves really well. 
Um, but in a great striker, but I don't really buy the wrestling part yet, like the tussling and transitions and selling, especially the selling and psychology of the selling. Uh, I wasn't really I sold on that. Selling was great today. <laughs> yeah, today. Then that's the only time I've seen it like that today. So, like, if you go back to her match, she had a tag match on June second, and it's her and Tam versus uh, Momo and B. You go watch that match, and you see like, oh, these three are at one level, and this one is not at that level. She's okay, good, but not at the level of the other three. So, anyway. Like it's it's real. You know how you sometimes like the Velveteen Dream can get like overly cartoonish with their selling. Yes. And, and it, yeah, she she tends that she she can do that. She has a bad habit of doing that at the wrong times. So <clears throat> not not on not on or earlier this morning or whatever though. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm gonna lose track. Oh yeah, so so the center of the tournament before we started off was those two um, were in the finals. Arissa won. Arissa challenged Momo for the their IC title. Momo was in the middle of a absolutely incredible uh, title run. Uh, it includes a classic against uh, Io Shirai, one of the best matches, uh, one of the best match, maybe the best match in Stardom last year. Um, it included a match against Jungle Kiona in February, where Jungle basically like had the match of her life in her hometown, and it still wasn't good enough to beat her. And like it, that's when I started saying like Jungle is like the best loser in all of professional wrestling, um, like because she's just so incredible. So like that match is incredible. Um, you that, have the match. She's better uh, than uh, Johnny. Was, sorry, she's better than Johnny at losing. Yeah, I believe so. <laughs> I, 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 I like I'm saying no. Johnny has better matches, but like as far as character work of being just totally devastated and like I don't know how this person like even like rolls out of bed after like tomorrow. Like with the mystery of losing and like, well, yeah, like because obviously I don't know. If this is probably me projecting, but I'm but I don't give a damn. So we know what it is with Stardom. Like, start Jungle is twenty eight. No, I thought Jungle was like thirty one. Tam's thirty. Okay. Tam's thirty. She's like twenty eight. Right. Check. Yeah. Right. So, but anyway, twenty eight in Stardom years is like it's almost like tennis. We're like, oh, once you turn like. 30 or 25, 27, you start looking for exit routes out of there. Like, like, uh, yeah. for example, Kyrie saying she's 31. She left a couple years ago. Io Shirai, she's 20. I think she turned 28. Uh, recently she left my, you 20, you 26. You see how she's start doing like all this stuff outside of stardom now lately. Like, so right. like, there's a, yeah, it seems like she's trying to transition out of there or I whatever else, or like yeah. do be, you know, do more things outside of stardom because, like it's really meant for the younger women for some reason. So, <clears throat> well, we know the reason. So yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. So Ross, anyway, it keeps them young. Uh, yeah, it's um. How do I say this? I don't know if it's a. I don't know if it's a situation to where uh, he's just using up bodies. But like you look at the Ross Turner from year to year on like the postcard, whatever. That's a long separate conversation. This separate conversation. We'll, we'll we'll have a conversation later time. Um, so oh, I lost, oh yeah. So uh, this she had this legendary run, Momo, uh, and it ended when at the next Kurikan Hall show. So that was the uh, the May Kurikan Hall show. She lost the title to Arissa. 
Um, the match was probably the fourth best match on the card. It was just shocking because Momo is was probably the best uh, Joshi last year in, in, in as far as output. So anyway, third or fourth best match. So that's the last point. Like Arissa seemed like somebody that got a push because she committed to she came back to stardom after being gone for six years and came back. Um, and he committed, so now she she got the push, and that's whatever. The push is fine. So, I, but the thing is, you look at the pecking order of stars, and the pecking order of stars is kind of Mayu's clearly at the top. Then you go you go fifty, you you start going down, 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 down to the next tier. The next tier is um, Saki Kashima, who is another is another like long old money stardom person that came left and came back a lot of women leave and come back um arissa who left and came back and then tam who who has been with the company since i think 2017 um so the thing with tam is tam is one of the best workers in the company tam you you know what she looks like that she looks like money that's the best way i can explain it right um Right. Oh my God. So she seems like somebody that is destined to be at the top of the card eventually. People, and obviously because she used to be in Odeo Tai um, in 2017, maybe even beginning of 2018, until uh, a stipulation caused her to have to leave. Um, so like people have connection uh, a connection to her and want to and know that like she's got she's really good and she's got or she damn she's great now she's great. Now, in um, and and you kind of see that that she's been chasing after this thing because one of the matches that uh, one of the IC matches that Momo had during that legendary run was against Tam in January, and at the end of that match, she gets the mic and says, "I wanted to prove that like stars more than just Mayu Watani." And she also said, "Like I will never stop coming for this white belt. Like it's been, it's, it's been established. Like she's uh, been coming, at, she's, she's gunning for this thing. I will right? never, I will it's never a- stop going in." <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> so <laughs> the thing is, like she's been on this quest towards his white belt, and uh, there's also this backstory where her and T- uh, Arissa, since she came back, are both uh, they're both in stars because. Um, Mayu brought more or less brought her out. It's kind of like similar to when just at Dominion, how Shibata brought out Kenta. Like in November, like after a Corkin Hall show, like Mayu brought out Arissa and was like, oh yeah, she's back. And like she'll be in stars and you know, whatever else. So like immediately, like when they start doing matches and then doing tagging together or whatever else, like Tam didn't fuck with Arissa. I don't know why it's never really explained, but you see certain things happen where it's like, oh, like she feels slighted by her. She's like, or she's jealous of her, or she's like, she or she thinks she's too aloof and goofy or whatever else. So that's kind of building up. So along that, along that whole run from November to uh, uh, Tam's title shot uh, that she lost in January, up to Arissa winning the uh, winning the Cinderella in like. Tam getting knocked out of Cinderella because she went to a draw against, at the time, the Red Belt champion, Kagetsu, and that match is a banger, by the way. Uh, that's the best match to turn, in my opinion. So, you have you have that. She couldn't actually get the Cinderella thing. She went to a draw. And then the next, pip, the next big show, Arissa beats 
the person that she can that uh, beats Momo, the person that Tam can beat for the for the belt she wanted, and she's been chasing after from since January. No, so, this like, sounds like oddly. This kind of sounds like the Jordan Devlin and David Starr thing a little bit, like, but mm. but uh, like he beat, he was gonna beat Walter, and then he stopped it. But eventually, like there were there were they had a common person they were trying to beat, and eventually mm-hmm. they had to fight each other because they, the other one was pissed about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, makes sense. I mean, it's a compelling story. So you go from there where Arissa wins the belt, and I think I believe is the main event. Of the Corbin Hall show, I'm pretty sure it was. So, because that that because also just to give you a heads up, that's also the show where they had to switch the card because Triple H called uh, Rossi and said, "Nah, you can't be putting uh, Tony Storm and be uh, in a match together." No. So Rossi was trying to um, pull a fast one. <laughs> maybe so. Uh, Double so, cross. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, ring the bell. You know. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So, um. B Priestley will debut in AEW July 13th, y'all. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know when the day was. I thought it was coming soon, though. So, uh, so yeah, from there, uh, Arisa, Arisa, Arisa beats Momo. And keep in mind, like, stars all the faction, everything else. So, generally speaking, in the main event of the show, whoever wins the show, they typically either call out. Depending on the on the event, then depending on how big it or how special it is, either they'll bring out their faction and then they'll close down the show with a with a, in some type of a ceremonial goodbye or whatever else or sign off, or they'll bring out the entire roster and do a ceremonial sign off and goodbye. Like in New York, they brought out everybody from all four factions. So they bring out stars. Mayu and Saki have to dra- have to literally like by the arm drag Tam into the ring to go celebrate because she can't believe that this 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 woman has like basically stole her goal right. It, so they roll her into the ring and then like Tam and the whole thing with this is like Tam is like this naive aloof person so she doesn't realize that like no matter how many times like Tam like has let lets it be known as clear as day to us the obvious viewer that like she doesn't fuck with with with. Arissa, Arissa is still like, I don't understand. Is she's having a bad day? Like, is, is that sort of thing? Like, is she okay? Like, so, you know, it. So you have that. You have that little, little side off thing that happens, or whatever else, or, or that little thing that happens, and then in the lead up to the next to this month's show uh, or today's show, um, they were doing some tags here and there, whatever else, and like. You know, one of those malfunctioning junction situations where somebody accidentally strikes one person, another person doesn't like it, and then it turns to a situation where like Arissa's like, "All right, like I've tried for months to try to understand her, and I've given her bid for the doubt." Like, we just gonna have to run it. We just gonna have to run it. Like, yeah, and they didn't stay in, in, in the pre-match terms, promo. Like, like they were yeah. saying that they were seeking to understand each other's feelings through through right. fighting in right. the ring. So I, exactly. I thought that was a really nice, easy way for me to jump in on it. Oh, okay. So like these people have this this thing that is that one of them doesn't understand, the other one damn well understands it, and everybody else gets mm-hmm. it. But it's only one way that you know this is going to be settled, and they're going to fight till the death and kick each other in the face as hard as they can till yeah. somebody gets it. Yeah. And yeah, so I want to say it was the one of the last two shows, or one of the last three shows. Um, it's 
It's uh Mayu. Yeah, it actually was one of the last two shows of this uh, from the because you know Ma- Mayu just came back on the ninth. So from one of those uh, either the day show or the night show on the ninth, uh, this month, it's it's a trios match. It's Mayu and Arissa and it's um and Tam. And at the end of the match, like like Mayu has played peacekeeper between the two, and like that's kind of ironic because like a lot of this stuff is based off of and stars like they almost like. They treat her like she's like Tana. They treat Mayu like she's freaking Tanahashi, Tanahashi. Whereas like, like you're up here, we respect and idolize you, and, and, and like so much of what you do like gives us like reflects our self esteem almost. Like she's sim, like she's straight up a sensei, and I even like playing. She's straight up a sensei, um, and like the fact that she is so loving to both of them almost equally like really fucks with Tam, or Tam can't handle it. So, like, anytime like, it seemingly is, like, being treated equal, like, Tam takes it as, like, you don't love me. <laughs> so, so basically, they, so they had a match. So, basically, um, at the end of this match, they, the key, she kind of has to play peacekeeper and say, look, man, don't start shit after this match. So, then they say, say a part and they don't actually touch. But, uh, we get to the match tonight, or this morning, and I thought, I saw there was a main event heading in. I was like, I don't know if Riz is ready for this. Like her match with Momo was kind of, eh. even though it wasn't even like a twenty minute type of thing, it was like a thirteen minute type of thing, and it was wrestling at a slow pace for some reason. Um, so the match starts, and they're just like, the story is, you know, Arissa is Ar- Arissa is taller than her, and she has this like these long these long gangling limbs that go forever and she clearly has some background as some type of as some type of uh martial artist because she's an incredible striker and arissa they i'm sorry her, tam is they showed sorry? Her, they showed her practicing her kicks uh during uh tam's intro where she was doing like the kick hook kick combo or whatever yeah. and i think that's yeah. kind of like her finish yeah yeah it's, it, she calls it a brazilian kick gotcha. yeah so um so from there, like the starters match is, is is that where like she is basically on the outside using her length and just out striking uh, Tam, and then Tam finally says, "Look, nothing about enough of this, enough of you and your long ass limbs." And then they get into a grapple, and she turns to a grapple fest on the mat, and then they start doing, uh, you know, start rolling. And then from there, is a bunch of like you know they're getting in and out of uh, submissions, and it's really cool and, tra- and transition stuff. And it, and, it's, and it's not at a sprint pace like a lot of the starter matches are. It's more or less like it's wrestled like a main event New Japan match, right? Um, and then and then um, I can't remember what what the escalating point was, but basically uh, she's had enough of her. Uh, I'm sorry, Tam's had enough of Arissa and and all the striking. So then she starts. Uh, she ends up working over uh, her leg. And then she ends up slapping on like an inverted figure four. Like, but the inverted figure four was so awesome because. It looked like it looked like a dragon screw, like an inverted dragon screw leg whoop that turned into a inverted figure four leg. I'm like, how the fuck? Do you, I've never yeah, seen. Him I don't before. know what they were doing with that. It was awesome though, right? Yeah. So they do, they, you know, she fights to the ropes, gets to the ropes, and then, um, you know, they end up outside, and uh, I can't remember which one, which was first or which or whatever. Their spot where like they're both on the apron. Um, Arissa gives her the double knees. 
And the thing with Tam is Tam is one of those like people that bridges out of pinfall pinfalls. So what I mean by that is like she's at the bottom, she's on shoulders on the mat, she gets covered, and she literally like slides up and bridges out over somebody, and the crowd goes like, oh, to her feet, and people are like, oh, or whatever else, right? So she does it like the meteor double knee deals uh to her on the apron, and she literally slides underneath her, and then she germ she picks her up and then germans around the apron. Yeah, yeah, I immediately was like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, so she's like, I, I never would have thought someone even thought of doing that. It was awesome looking. So got that. Um, and then you know she does a dive onto her on the floor, or from the top rope to the floor. Um, that, was she the safe, had, that was about the safest looking dive I've ever seen. Oh yeah, I mean she bumped her, uh, she banged her knee kind of hard because Arissa was uh, kind of close to the edge of the mat, so her knee clipped uh, the floor instead of the mat. But whatever. Um, but yeah, like that's kind of how they pretty much catch them, catch 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 them like that uh, in in uh, Cork and Hall, or actually anywhere because you know they can't. In some of the places that the venues are. Uh, the seats are so close to the ring that, like, they kind of have to use bodies to, as a barricade. Uh, so then, yeah, boxing out, yeah. literally boxing out fans. So from there, there's a they end up uh, where Arissa later in the match, Arissa ends up. They get back in the ring, they start kicking the hell out of each other with spin kicks, uh, uh, V triggers, um, running knees, or I'm sorry, bicycle kicks, if we can call it, like, uh, like. Tam has this move where it looks like the Claymore, like uh, Drew McIntyre's Claymore, except it's a knee. Right. <laughs> and it's fucking awesome. So uh, they end up where Tam gets the advantage and goes up to the top rope. And Arissa gets to her feet, gets on top rope, and she gives her the like a fucking Ishii head, raw Ishii Shibata headbutt to her that staggers her and damn it, and just leaves her ruined for a while. And I can't remember how they end up getting off the floor from there. I don't know if there was a su- suplex or whatever else, but no, actually she gives her the, the uh, gives her that, and then she basically like shoves her off, and she ends up like falling to the mat to, uh, from the top turnbuckle to the floor. Then they get back in the ring, they keep kicking the shit at each other, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And as I said, Arissa, or sorry, uh, Tam's a bridger. So in Stardom, a lot of the wrestlers, whether it's Mayu, whether it was Io, um, whether it's uh, B, whether it's Konami and Tam, one of their big signature moves that they'll get pinfalls with occasionally or, or actually is their finish are bridging suplex pins. So hers is the tiger uh, the tiger suplex. She hits her with a tiger suplex. She kicks. Um, they continue fighting. We get to a point and they're kicking each other, shit at each other. Uh, they get to a point where Arissa, I'm sorry, Tam gets to a point where she's, instead of going for her normal dragon uh suplex bridge after she kicked out the first one she said all right i'm gonna escalate it she's going to she goes to try to give her a straight jacket uh one arissa immediately goes into the ropes and hangs off it's like no you're not doing that to me because she knows if she gets with that her ass is done right uh so then you know they continue going back and forth and then eventually arissa uh gets the top rope hits that uh get hits that her kick um off the top rope i think it's called a 1399 uh and then they keep trading uh, big big blow for big blow, and then Arissa eventually uh, hits her with her that Brazilian kick you were talking about that that you know that question mark kick I think is what they also call technically yeah uh, and then uh, she pins her and there's near falls and all that there's tons of emotion the crowd like is going nuts uh it, it was it was an amazing match and then at the end they're both down laid down on the floor and then uh, Arissa reaches for for Tam. 
and they both kind of get to their feet almost or get to their get on to their knees and then um they kind of uh you know she's finally sticks the hand out because for so long like she's kind of always stuck her hand out to to tam and tam never like shaking her hand and then you know they finally you know embrace each other to an to an extent and then you see like tam like yell something to her uh you can't really tell what it was but eventually because you know into the show you're gonna do the sign off uh promo deal or whatever else Arisa tells us that Tam said, "Don't you dare lose that belt to anyone else." Yeah, because she's coming for it still. Like, yes. and I, I liked it. I thought it was like the end of the match was like the cutest thing I've ever seen. It was like, <laughs> it was I respect you. It was, it was all that. Like, yes. and it was just like, wow. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, like I haven't had these negative vibes on my wrestling uh since i haven't watched raw and smackdown and it was great to watch the show last week and then just drop in and watch this and it's like oh my god it's simple stories it's good wrestling how can you fuck this up it's literally impossible um but motherfuckers managed to do it Uh, (laughs) um but but, um like you know like arisa like where, where do you see arisa going um because you know, I'm just looking at the roster, and it's just like if those two aren't some of the top people, and they're putting on stuff like that, like this this place must be loaded with, with talent. Yeah, I mean, okay, so the big match, the big match that they do when they will you know go for for distance or whatever else, like that's typically saved for Quirk and Hall, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, every, I mean, pretty much you might get one match that goes like a probably like 15 minutes or so, like kind of like how we got with, um, or maybe even, you know, close to 20 minutes, like how we got in New York with um, Momo and Utami. But for the most part, like that big epic match, like that, the the Tam and Arisa's, the Miko Satamura and Kairi Sane's, the Mai Watani and Io Shirai matches, those are safe for Korok, um, generally speaking. But, you know, they have, they, but in lieu of that, um, Every show, just about there's always a match, whether it's Hazuki in the high speed title going for basically five minutes of awesomeness, or um, now that we have the tag titles back, uh, Utami and Momo wrestling whoever. Uh, I think um, you're always going to get good matches out of out of out of them, like it, you know, and like generally speaking, like the last two or three matches on any card. You're going to get your money's worth as far as uh, you tuning in to watch. Uh, so I want to say, yeah, the night show, or the, those June night shows, the day and night show, the night show was uh, Konami versus B for the red title because at this Corican show that just happened this morning, um, it, it, it it's a tag match of Mayu and Starlight versus Azumi and B. Um, it's kind of like... Yeah, you know what is this like? Okay, like we have two top, we have two top stars. We don't want to beat either one of them. The put them in tag matches. We'll beat one of these teenagers. We'll beat one of these teenagers. Yeah, exactly. So, and that's another thing I enjoy about Stardom is like when you do a tag, when they have a tag match, you can look at the lineup and tell like after if you watch Stardom for like five minutes or for for like like one or two shows, you know immediately after like seeing the lineup below, like okay, that's the pin eater, that's the pin eater, and so who's gonna get it? Right, and you and they wrestle up and they wrestle to the standard of like they they're trying to keep the weak link out or hidden or whatever else, or they're trying to expose the weak link at different times, and it's, it makes for interesting ring psychology. Uh, but 
back to uh, the night show from June 9th. Uh, in the day show, they were in a multi-one match. Um, B and Konami. And B, I'm sorry, and Konami slaps on uh, the Triangle Lancer for a short amount of time. She's, uh, and uh, they, she, she didn't escape. Like, someone broke it up to stop from tapping out. So she shows up to the night show, taped up. Arm taped up, not her neck, even though the triangle lens is a neck crank, but arms taped up. So I'm thinking like, okay, they screwed with psychology. It's a neck crank, not an arm thing. It just looks like arm thing. Whatever. They get into the match, and Konami, Konami, who's trained by Asuka, a submission specialist and striker, does nothing but work over that arm. And that match is, is not that level of what we saw between Arisa and Tam, but like it's a four-star match. And it was just fun to tell to watch. And he was like, you, you could do a lot worse. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it's funny because I said to you off uh, air before we started this earlier, like I, um, I am subscribed to WWE's YouTube channel and I was looking um, at something else. And I saw that like, they put up an, uh, an Alexa bliss in, in a Mickey James pay-per-view match from, I don't know, last year, two years ago. Like 2017. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So, Inside myself, like, huh, like I can't. That's 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 what you're putting up. And 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 the thing is, like, for me, is like, you can't even say that, like, oh, they don't have the rest to do it. They have two of the best people ever in stardom on the car, like, on in the company. Actually, uh, in the company, and one of them hasn't wrestled on TV in a month. <sighs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's just it's it's Long really it's, yeah. It's like y'all and and there's so many of them that have done tours and started them too. And it's always like uh, okay, all right. Like y'all want to yeah, that's what y'all want to do. Okay, like lots, I'll, lots I'll, I'll, I'll gladly on... just watch t- high speed title matches right. and watch five minutes of uh, five minutes of nonstop action. Yeah, and it's just the you know the overexposure exposure of Shane McMahon and the wild card rule has really done a number on these shows and just reading the results and everything like that. It's like two Monday night raws rather than SmackDown having this, its own feel, which, you know, regularly kicked raws ass like 30 times out of 40, essentially. Like, yeah, so like if we were still doing it now, it'd just be like, yo, this I don't like, but they, they both lost. Like that's, that's what it would be. Yeah, and I, one thing I will say is like, hopefully, hopefully, if um, let's say you're disillusioned with the WWE main roster product, um, I hope they like you know hearing me like with passion talk about stardom or whatever else or AEW or um, or New Japan or and all the other stuff we talk about uh, that pops up here and there. Like it, in, like if you're somebody that's kind of like in that bubble of like. I don't really like afraid you know, to try it or like just yeah just like I hope that this gives you an influence like all right like I can take a back step if you're not if if you're hesitant because like that's what that's your you know you've always been in WWE and WWE is your thing but like the product's not really like satisfying you in the way that it used to or in the ways that you think it should I suggest try this other stuff out that we've suggested and you, know, you think and you hear us you know kind of talk passionately about it and like try it out. 
And if it's something that you like, then that's just another like resource or an avenue for you to go about as far as like getting your fix of fake fighting. So um, for me, between all the stuff we do, like it it may I feel like eventually over time what's gonna do is like because there's so much wrestling around the world, I can like now be the person that how I used to just cherry pick only takeovers. Now I can be the person that like I can use that and cherry pick the main roster. So then like when I'm only watching like the good stuff on the main roster, I can feel more positive about the main roster because I'm not watching like the the, the stuff that quite frankly is a money grab because they need they want to go get the third hour and there's two live shows. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like hopefully like this approach is over the long will make me like even more positive about WWE, even though like right now they seem to be you know, storytelling wise broken. Like I can be, f- spend less time with their bad stories and focus on like the AJ Styles versus Seth Rollins matches of the world, the you know, the Charlotte and Becky matches of the world, like, you know, the Andrade's and Finn Balor's, the uh but Corbin and Seth <laughs> Lacey and Becky. <laughs> you, you get my um, point though. Like I, Drew and not, Roman and oh my god, okay. That that I, I what was it? What did uh, you used to say to people when they're um when they're going through a hard workout? Pain is only temporary. Yes, this this pain is only temporary. Like what about when we get to SummerSlam? Like I'm sure they won't be doing that kind of nonsense. All right. At least no, let, let, let me say. Let's say I hope. I'm, I'm afraid from. I'm sure. Let's say I hope. Let's say I hope. Be blown, bitch. Like. <laughs> But anyway, I think that is a good place to wrap it up. Uh, thank you guys for listening to One Nation Radio here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Make sure you are checking out all our other shows here on the network. Of course, One Nation Radio on Sundays. James, you got something to add real quick? Yeah, uh, I meant to ask you. I didn't ask you uh, before we wrap this up. So what do you end up, in your mind, what do you end up rating the, uh, the Tam and Arissa match? I would probably say it was a four and a half. Four and a half? Okay. Yeah. I, had it at four and a, I had it at four and three quarters. Yeah. So... I, I would check it out, folks. Like, uh, it's less than WWE Network per month. Um, if there's, you know, there are other ways to uh, get it as well. But um, <laughs> you don't. y'all, y'all oh already know how, how to do it, I'm sure. So you don't need my assistance on that. But uh, yeah, Ross, look, Ross ain't finna come shut down this podcast. I'm telling you, uh, you know, OJ not coming. Uh, you know, <laughs> Cody not showing up with a dog. Uh, you know. You know, this is this is our house. So, um, wow. yeah, One Nation Radio on Sundays. Make sure you check out Keeping It Strong Style on Tuesdays. Wednesdays, we got the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show as well as Grown Men Watch This Shit. We got NXT Then Now Forever on Fridays or Thursdays, whenever James gets it up. Uh, we've got Get in the Ring with Danny and Beast Mike, bringing the great energy. And we've got Saturdays with Floyd Johnson on All Things Elite. Make sure you guys are checking out powerslam.tv, our sponsor. You already know how the spiel works. But, um, yeah, um, it's going to be an exciting time. G1's coming, and uh, I got lots of time to watch wrestling uh, on Monday and Tuesday nights. So, um, yeah, prepare for, for, for One Nation Radio to kind of go in a different direction, like over the next however long. But uh, hopefully you guys will, will still enjoy it. But James, you got anything after we uh, roll the fuck up on, on out? No, uh, I, I think I think I got everything I needed to say out. So, uh, match suggestion for you guys: Triple uh, A uh, is a lucha match this week between 
um, El Vikingo, or excuse me, El Hijo de Vikingo versus the Laredo Kid. Insane match. That's all I'll say. You can find it right on YouTube. Um, and it was AAA. And apparently we just got news uh, that the Lucha Bros had defeated the Young Bucks for uh, the AAA tag team titles. So uh, pretty much after, you know, people may have been disillusioned by the Young Bucks getting that win at double or nothing, they went back to Mexico, I assumed, and, you know, just put them over to a raucous reaction, I would imagine. But, uh, yeah, that's going to wrap it up. We up out of here. Peace.